said ceiling the fan. Yeah. Definitely. How long did it go without recording? A good hour. Ooh. That sucks. That's uh, a lot of content lost. Luckily, I had a second iPhone recording, so I had I had a an iPhone audio. Nice. So it just became like an audio podcast? No, I still had, because I was recording the uh, video with my phone. Yeah. And I just used that audio for the... Okay, yeah. it sucked. It was not, <laughs> not good at all. Um, yeah, I don't... I'm, I'm awkward at starting these things, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it started. Nice. I'm just going to open this fresh I mean, yeah. new bottle of Whistle Pig that I was paid for. In, uh, Paid for? I, I, yeah, I was, I was given this bottle by a whistle pig um, ambassador or person okay, that's cool. out of New York who uh, nice. I did work for. And let's get the. That's yeah, always a good way to start it, right? Oh, that was, that was unsatisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> Sniffy sniff, a little sniffy sniff. Yeah, that sure. smells good. Cool. Oh, you want to sniff? sniff? Uh, any oh, good? Not really a liquor fan in general. But no, don't yeah. want any. Oh, if no, you don't, I do. I do. Okay. I Let me. Uh, can, you, can you pick that up for me? Yeah, might as well. You know, I'll definitely be sipping it, but I'll drink it. That's good. Yeah. Start with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, like it's gonna, it's gonna drip. Oh, that's so good. Is it? Oh, man. It's kind of a... Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of sweet. Oh, I poured way too much. Oh, my Lord. That's a lot. Oh, no. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, that's that's my two drinks. That's my two drinks. That's I'm amazing. You have to stop on that. Like I said, I'm not a liquor person, but I could actually just drink this on the rocks. It's really <sighs> smooth. I mean, it makes sense. It's pretty expensive, right? Yeah, oh, I think this bottle's years. like... 250 or 150 or something like that it's Damn. it's definitely a hundred or more but and they gave me they paid me for the gig and then they yeah. said take a bottle of whiskey because it was a that's what they were doing they had a bunch of bottles there yeah, yeah no, oh hello a, uh, uh yeah. cheers to you sir cheers. thank you for serving our country and <laughs> being a friend oh, very good wow mm. there's a possibility i shouldn't even finish that before we drive back. I probably shouldn't do that. Or if I do. We're uh, old. We know how to monitor ourselves. You know, just you feel that buzz and you're like, oh Dad, maybe sorry. I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I mean you've been gone for <laughs> a long time. Five years? Yeah. Five years. Uh what did you even do? I know you lived the high life in oh, yeah. Hawaii. So not even just in Hawaii, just in the military in general. With not only what I did, but where I was stationed, I always got the luck of the draw, I'd say, at least in my experiences, you know. Uh, so I was in the Marines. I was the 6842, which is meteorologist. So it's what you would imagine. I was literally a weatherman in the Marines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> nice, you know. Try to, try to uh, take about a fist away from that mic if you can. Okay, get a little yeah, closer. yeah. But no, not like um, a TV guy like, oh, hello, good morning. Corporal Flores, here's your weather for today, you know. Uh, it, it was, but it wasn't. Most of what I did was really just computer work. So there's a lot of different uh, procedures you kind of got to do. You know, you work on the computer station. 
we have what's called an ASOS, which is just this big monitor, which is connected to all the different weather sensors and the barometric pressure gauges and tells you everything you need to know for your forecast or just what the present weather is currently. It's like uh, the sea level pressure, the station pressure. It has a reading of the sky condition. So it tells you like there's a layer of few clouds scattered, broken, and it's uh, in numerical, like a code like 040 broken, which would mean broken at like 4,000 feet. Mm. And essentially most of it was just looking at that. And then based on the train that we were given, we're like, oh, well, since I live in Hawaii and I know we're always under high pressure, if the sky condition is this and the stage pressure is this at this time, I generally know with my knowledge and looking at the satellite that at this time, the weather's probably going to be this. So I type it up. That's my forecast. And, and then you're just keeping like the pilots safe. Exactly. You're telling them the main, how to not die. Exactly. So like the main priority of it is safety for the pilots. So right. basically everything we do is that essentially. You just so we had these little forms called a DD one seventy five dash ones, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It's funny, it's like almost been I think it's been like seven, eight months now. It's like I'm sure I remember some of the terms is a little hard, you know, because you forget these little things, but I'm sure if I was back in that office I'd probably be able to get a handle of it pretty quick aside from remembering specific definitions and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. So the DD 175 dash one is one thing we did a lot alongside making a forecast. Two things we did the most, the forecast and the dash ones forecast is simple. We use all the tools given to us. We make a forecast. It's valid for six hours. Then we make another one and the cycle just continues every day, 24 hours, you know, seven days a week. That's There's the worst part too. Cause you're working 24 hours on mm-hmm. and then 24 hours off 48 hours, off. 48 hours off. It sucks. But at the same time, I will pro- probably never get a job with a schedule that good. Cause yeah, it's true. You are on shift for 24 hours at a time, but then you get a whole 48 hours off, you know? I so mean, but you, for a full 24 hours, you're probably just dead. Right? Yeah, and uh, one of those days are just blown. You, you can be, you can be. So not always, just because of how relaxed the Hawaiian weather is. Most of the time, it's usually the same True. thing year round. So not that bad, you know. But if you're working like a really crazy day, like let's say there's thunderstorms, right? That day's gonna suck because the whole time you can't sit down and relax. You're calling out forecasts. You're calling mm. all the different stations. You're like, oh hey, we got thunderstorms located here. Blah, blah, blah. Because you got to tell all these things to the pilots, you know? Yeah. And so the whole time while you're doing that, you're also making forecasts at the same time or changing or amending forecasts because part of being weathered, you can't always be right. And most people aren't. Uh, I forget the SOP we had, but I believe for us it was 85% and above. That's the percentage you had to maintain to keep your license for, mm. as a meteorologist on the station. And so a lot of times things would happen. Like there'd be amendable criteria uh, let's see one if I can remember now. But like one of them would be, so like broken is a sky condition you describe, right? It means like there's, uh, I don't remember the exact measurement in eighths, but I believe broken is six eighths or above. So think of the sky like a pie, right? Mm-hmm. And the clouds are the pieces of the pie. So if you have like six eighths cloud coverage or more, that okay. layer is broken. And the way we describe the layer is, the layer is the... Um, the very base of that cloud deck. Because whenever you have a cloud, like you have a base and they're usually really widespread, you know, and then you have like the top where it cuts off. Mm-hmm. And so like the minimal criteria going back to that would be if you have a broken layer at or below 3000 feet and you don't have that in your forecast, that's amendable. So now I have to go back and amend my forecast and change it 
to where my forecast now represents what the new layer is going to be mm. or might be, you know? I wonder who does that for Apple because they're always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. I mean, not as big of a deal for them because if you're just a general weather forecaster, you're right. still doing the same amount of work. You're like, keeping people dry. Yeah, not, exactly. Not, not, not safe. Alive. You know, yeah. but it's the same thing, but it's different. Like the requirements are the same. Like every forecaster goes to the same amount of training. The difference, though, is if you're just a general weather forecaster, you're more of a TV personality. You're just the guy they see on TV or you're the people that are making the forecast for that guy on TV to talk about. Right. Essentially. Oh, right, right. But if you're wrong, you're wrong. You still got to, you know, amend their mistakes and just try to keep that forecast and average at a good level. That way they don't end up being the channel that everyone makes fun of. Like, oh, these guys are always wrong. You right. Know? But like for the bill over in channel two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> bill, what's the weather like today? <laughs> cloudy. Right. But like for the military and aviation forecasters, which should be just anyone that works in an airport, you know, you have to always be right or just attempt to always be right. So if you're wrong, you better fix that mistake as quick as you can, because if not, a pilot's life might be in danger. And if that pilot dies, I can't speak on just aviation forecasters in general, like at the airports here, but in the military, if someone gets injured or dies, our ass is on the line. It mm -hmm. depends on the circumstance. I might just lose my rank and get charged, you know, and maybe I get thrown to the brig. Charged like money or charged with some sort of offense? Charged Both. money? Both. So I don't know the exact dynamics behind it because I've never actually heard of a case where it got that bad, mm -hmm. but it's just kind of something we're always told that you got to be aware of because you just never know, like. I've heard cases of like lightning striking, um, I think it was an F-16 in the Air Force and oh, the shit. little forecaster whose job it was to be watching those, you know, uh, dynamics at the time. He didn't go to the brig, if I remember correctly from the story, but he did get charged. And so what they did is they're taking money out of his paychecks to repair for the damages that was caused by, you know, his uh, just lack of paying attention. Yeah. But then I've also heard cases where if it's so bad that life is lost, there's a chance you could end up in the brig and now you're just basically in jail for i guess that'd be considered manslaughter i mm -hmm. don't know but well here's what i want to know <laughs> who pushed the button for <laughs> <laughs> who pushed the button who pushed the mayday button for the torpedo oh, that happened geez, on your yeah, base yeah. I, I don't i'm i might be mistaken but i think i also got that text really? i think the entire united states did, did I, I might be wrong but i think hmm. I think I got that message. Yeah. No, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> from my perspective, I got the message. I don't know what anyone else got. I think it, I know it was definitely in the news because my mom knew about it. And she actually called me uh, <laughs> kind of upset. And I was really expecting, you know, more calls. Maybe at least yeah. my dad or my yeah. sister was like, damn, really? <laughs> only my mom. Like, I literally could have died. And the only I'm person sorry, thinking bro. about me was my own mother. But it's like, I don't feel special because it's kind of a given. I feel like every mom is <laughs> like that. You know, like, damn, come on. Like, not my sister, my brother. Yeah. Shit, even you, dad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I even mentioned it when I talked to them about it afterwards. Like, yeah, did you hear about what happened? They're like, oh, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. Um, and for people who don't know what we're talking about, the in 2000, what was it, 2014-ish? I, I think it was 14 or it, it, I think it was 14, like 14. I don't remember, dude. I don't so even think long it was 15. Now. I think I it was like 13 the or year. 14. And somebody somebody pressed the button. The like this is not a drill button. There we are under <sighs> the United States is under attack. Mm -hmm, There's exactly, a torpedo yeah. heading towards this Hawaiian base. Yeah. So and Josh um, was on that base. Yeah. It was it was uh, <laughs> interesting times. <laughs> uh, that's the story. Is that they just pressed a button? 
uh, I think everyone kind of heard that story. I don't know if that's how it actually works because like that's the way the media made it out to mm, be. But sure. I feel like there has to be something they didn't really talk about because just dealing with all the SOP, you know, and the rules and regulations you deal with in the military for just being a forecaster, I feel like that guy's job had to be so much more on lockdown than anything I've ever done. Like, mm-hmm. how can you just mistakenly press a button? You know, I feel like there had right. to be... Right. some sort of procedure like to make sure things like that don't happen or maybe I'm sure. wrong. it just was as simple as he didn't have his coffee and he pressed the wrong button i don't know mm. but not only that but the fact that it took i can't pinpoint now i want to say it was about 30 maybe 40 minutes before we finally get the next message that it was a false alarm so oh, man it's like feels like an eternity i'm sure i mean it happened so quick I'm like how do you not fix your mistake quickly you know if right. everyone got alerted like boom just like that on the spot so i'm right. just like Maybe there was something that like no one really talked about, or maybe that office was just really full of a bunch of um, shitty people who just weren't paying attention. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe they all had a bad day, but well, the way you were talking about it yesterday too is like it didn't seem like there was preparation for it, right? Or or there was? <sighs> oh no, not at all. Um, yeah, no, there was absolutely no preparation for it, like whatsoever. Uh I feel like there should have been. But then at the same time, I guess I could kind of understand why there wasn't. Because why should we always be prepared for such a dire situation, you know? Like, sure. I mean, we have so many different briefs and... Um, ah, crap, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Just, like, situations, I guess, we practice, I guess. Would yeah. Be, like, the way to say it. Like, just anything that happens, you know? Like, they want to make sure you're always sharp and ready, but... Or something like that, they didn't have anything. No one knew what to do, which was um, kind of funny, to be honest. Like, I have a terribly dark sense of humor. You know, looking back at it now, I'm just like, that was kind of funny. I mean, most people in the situation didn't have that same opinion for obvious reasons. But it was definitely an eye-opener for everyone on the base, you know. I mean, everyone definitely figured out who they really were in that moment because no one knew it was a false alarm. Like, getting that message, we actually thought... We were going to die. We were just like, damn, I guess that's it, you know? But no, uh, I don't want to mention names for obvious reasons, but there was a lot of higher up individuals that literally just ran around like chickens with their heads cut off, you know? Like you'd expect these guys to be like, okay, Marines, this is happening. We're going to do this. But no, uh, people just left. They left their jobs. They just left base. They just... They They left the base entirely? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Some people just left because they wanted to go back to their families that lived off base or whatnot, which is understandable, you know? Sure. It's it's a crazy situation. Like, you can't hate on someone for that, but at the same time, it's like, it was was bad, you know? Like, everyone really just, like, it was doggy and dogs at that point. Everyone just Hmm. cared only about themselves or their families and just did their thing. Like, I had a buddy who was actually working in the office at the time, and he called me because he was like, dude, what the fuck do I do? Like, what's going on? I'm like, bro, I don't know. I'm just in my room. I'm off right now. Like, I'm going to die here chilling in my bed, dude. Like, I don't know, man. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, Sergeant blah, blah, blah just left. Like, everyone's gone. They left me here all alone. Because at the time, we were younger Marines. We are just Lance Corporals. So we're, like, bottom of the ladder. Like, we didn't know what to do, especially mm. him. Like, he was just left in the office on his own. Like, the sergeant at the time was supposed to be in charge of him just left, bounced. So it's like, understandable, crazy situation, but... 
you gotta look out for each other too. You know, like you gotta yeah. try to stay as calm as you can in a situation like that because you just, you never know, dude. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely an eye opener for sure. I mean, we were talking about this last night, and you said that you got the message, you woke up, you mm-hmm. looked at your phone, you're like, all right, well, I'm going back to sleep now. Yeah, you just I did. went back to sleep. Yeah, you just I accepted did. it I, I within really two seconds, did, and you know, and like, uh, I don't know if I can say maybe I was in shock because I just was so in in such a state of such disbelief. I was like is this really happening mm-hmm. or was it really just a lack of not caring or a form of courage? You know, I, I really can't say what it was, or maybe it was just the fact that it seems so unreal. I didn't want to believe it, I guess, you know, but right. I did. Yeah. I looked at my phone <laughs> and I remember I got so mad seeing that message. I was just like, seriously, this is how I'm going to die. Like my life has come to this point and it's just going to end like this. Like, I'm just going to get nuked from some asshole country of a bunch of crazy people, you know? And, yeah, I just went back to bed. And I didn't wake up until my mom called me about 30 minutes later, you know? And by that point, we figured I was a false alarm. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that was crazy. <laughs> did, did you feel like it was a – Did you do you feel like it was maybe even a depressive feeling? Or was it more of a – No. Uh, it, shit. Just, just a shit. And, yeah, it, it, right. it was just a well, shit feeling because at the time – the feeling was almost like a, a lack of feeling. I wasn't scared, but I also wasn't depressed. You, 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 could, you know, you I was like just like, I was just it. like, damn, it's like, this is happening. You know, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? You know, Nothing it's, it's a nuke. It. Where am I going to go? Yeah. And it was a nuke. It wasn't a, no, cause not, the way <laughs> no, I was not thinking, a torpedo. <laughs> it wasn't a torpedo. It was a nuke. Yeah. Coming from the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause a torpedo I was, wouldn't okay. do anything for starters. Like that's, you know, naval warfare. The only thing that's going to do is blow a hole in like a ship or a submarine and yeah. boom, now they're sinking. But for some reason, that's what I thought you were on. Uh, no, maybe no. that it, it was a nuke. So that's another reason why it was such a big okay, deal that, for everyone. Because I, yeah, this, I mean, yeah, you don't even need to be in the military to understand the sheer power of a nuke. Everyone knows it's like, Oh yeah, it's a nuke. Yeah. <laughs> that is, oh my God. Yeah. That changes the entire thought for me now. Cause now I'm thinking like, what would I do? How yeah. would, I think that I would probably react similarly. Mm-hmm. I would probably feel anger and yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what I would think about really. Yeah. I think I would probably be extremely self-involved. Honestly, I mm-hmm. think I would think about myself and like, I don't, I don't know that I would question why, but I would probably just kind of, maybe I, I don't know if it would be, coming maybe i maybe would yeah maybe i would feel a little depressed and be like do the same thing and kind of mm-hmm. go back to like, sleep wow and just like fuck am i supposed to do what, yeah, what, exactly. what am i gonna it's do about this such an unreal situation you know but yeah uh i'm glad to be honest that it didn't happen though because i mean pff, god forbid hopefully i'm never in a situation like that again where i'm like oh i'm gonna die or am i gonna die you know right but I'm grateful for it because it definitely, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like it changed my life, you know, just being put in a situation like that. Like it really gave me a very introspective uh, perspective on who I am as a person, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, like, cause I was in that situation and that's just what happened. That's how I reacted. And I'm like, huh? Okay. <laughs> hmm. It might be a good practice for people. Mm-hmm. I'll probably try this later by myself. <laughs> just like think, think, just like really, to like really put yourself in the situation. Push yourself just there, think yeah. about it. And that's kind of what I was doing last night too. And I was trying to like not completely cry. Yeah. But I, I just keep thinking about 
like the father figure that uh, we know, um, just losing a, a son and yeah. just trying to put myself in that, in that and just feeling just to feel it. Just, yeah, like I would just feel angry all mm-hmm. the time, all the time. I don't, I don't like, I don't know that I would laugh as yeah. much as he seems to be laughing, which is good, and mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. But I don't know. I think I would just be so, just so angry. Yeah, forever. <laughs> like for yeah. a good while oh yeah at least no, for a good for sure. while for sure it's um it's different for everyone you know i mean that's it's just what makes us human the way we react to life and death situations or just death in general you know it's that's who you know who you really are man like how you react to it and not only how you react but what are you gonna do about it are you gonna just sit around and mope forever or are you just gonna move on you know yeah. but because a lot of people it's like like oh man like my mom and my stepdad you know like my stepdad he's definitely handled it a lot better but it really hurts me to see my mom deal with it just because i want her to move on so bad you know but i like i it makes me feel kind of like kind of like a dick inside to just you can't think that because like i I can't tell her that but i'm just like mom like he wouldn't want us to be mourning yeah all the time you know like it hurts me too but you can't let it just continually break you down. Like you have to pick yourself back up and just deal with the situation. You know, like there's nothing we can do about it. Like right. he's gone. It's you know? the same situation with the nuke. It's mm-hmm. the exact same reaction. It's there. There just is no control, and there's some sort of level of acceptance. Yeah, but, yeah. exactly. There has to be because. Sorry, I have a dog eating food in the background. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can hear that, but. But yeah, it's uh. It's hard and it's different for everyone, you know. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, because like uh, my brother talked to me about that Seth, you know, because he I guess he felt like he wasn't sad enough mm. for this situation, you know. And he, like he told me he was like, I think he's an INTP as well. Yeah, also, no, oh, way. he definitely is. I'm pretty sure we're all the same type. Yeah, yeah. No, like he told me he's like, hey Josh, like, is it wrong that I don't like? feel bad or really sad about anymore i'm like mm-hmm. no man it's been a couple months like i mean like if you completely feel nothing like shit maybe you should like get yourself checked out maybe there's something going on in there but yeah and i'm like i'm kind of the same person like i just move on quick from things like that you know i'm just like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it dude it's just some people are different you know, i had explained that to him about my parents it's like right they deal with it differently not only because just who they are as people but it's there but also the fact that that's their son you know right it's a lot harder to lose your own child than it is your brother so sure yeah and i've uh i've thought about that too before where i my brother was driving drunk somewhere i don't know Mm -hmm. where it was but he crashed into a some sort of power supply system. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> power supply <And> I, <laughs> system. Yeah, and he, oh, took, he took out power to like, I don't know, 6,000 or... It's either 6,000 or 60,000 uh, homes. Jeez. A, that must have been a... In a I, mean, I don't know anything it was about like power one, systems, it was but like I can imagine it was like a... What I think a big looking unit would look like, you know, that power stands, I guess. I, yeah, I'm picturing something that looks like it's straight out of James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's a good way to put it (laughs) yeah i mean he lived and when i found out like i was terrified for him and just happy that he was alive in general um but for that brief moment of just because 
the first news you get is, hey, there was an accident. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, great. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh. I had the same feeling with my dad. Um, he just had COVID. And I'm uh, like, no, I heard about that. I mean, whenever everybody, at the heat of it, it was one. It was still being kind of considered like if you get it, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's your sentence. It and was the doom and gloom phase. Everyone yeah. was like, "You got COVID, damn! I guess you're gonna it, die, buddy." Exactly. <laughs> um, and so when you get that call, it's this very similar call for cancer, mm-hmm. definitely already dead. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so it was like a brief moment. It's like, all right, well, and I don't. It's not an immediate sad feeling. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it, it you I I got the information. I'm like I kind of just say okay and then I don't think about it. Yeah. Right? I, I it Yeah. It's no, like it's, the, uh, it's like it has a process. It is. It's definitely a process dealing with things in that regard um Ah, jeez, dude. Like whenever Sloan died, you know, it didn't hit me in the moment. Cause I don't think I told you this story, but when it happened, I was there at his house. Like, uh, mm. we got the phone call from Talia, you know, she was actually the first one to actually see the body. No one else did only Talia and Caden. And they immediately called you know, my mom and then Mark and they're like, Hey, you know, something's wrong with Sloan. He's white. He's not getting up. And yeah, we headed down over there and it was like a state of shock. You know, I was there in the front yard. There's cops everywhere. They went in and out. He was already long past. So there's no need for an ambulance. They just, Mm-hmm. kind of investigate the scene, make sure everything was good. They had to rule out that it was suicide. And then, yeah, they just took the body and that was it. We left, you know, and it was very morbid at the scene, obviously, you know, being around all that, but mm-hmm. it didn't really hit me until much later. I would say not until maybe about a week after, that's when I actually cried for the first time, you know, yeah. just because it just hit me. I was like, he's dead. You right. Know, it just, ugh, it happened, you know, and it was when I was working out in the, my garage, you know, because we have his old weight set in there now, and mm-hmm. it was uh, listening to a song that I have in one of my playlists, and um, I don't actually know what the song is about, but um, I could kind of get a general guess on the lyrics, but it sounds like, because I only listen to metal music when I work out, like, that. that's just me, it pumps me up, you know? Yeah. But, like, towards the end of the song, it gets less metal and just kind of gets more like, a, I guess, normal rock, more like on emotional. And the lyrics are just talking about a guy who misses his brother. So mm. I, I would assume the song's about the guy's dead brother. And so just hearing those lyrics right after, it, it just, boom, it hit me. And yeah. so that's when I was like, damn, you know. I'm glad you didn't have 250 pounds over your chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming Mm-mm. you you weren't in mid-lift and then it no, hit you. No, I, it was in, during the break set, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it hit me uh, on the path when we were walking, where we just walked the dog. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't even remember who told me. It could have been you. Mm-hmm. It could have been my dad. It could have been I don't remember. I, I I'm um, pretty sure I, I called you. Don't almost, remember either if I did or didn't tell you. I don't know. I don't know. I think I called you just to check on you. Yeah. Um. So somebody else must have told me about it, but this was still again, right when COVID hit. And I was like, well, it's gotta be COVID related in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like I knew he only had like one lung and I'm like, yeah. it's, this is, a, this is a respiratory disease. Like mm-hmm. that's what's happening. So it must've just been like some sort of thing that got in. Yeah. Now we all thought a lot of the same thing, you know, yeah. I mean, it was the only piece of the puzzle that really seemed like it fit, you know, until we got the autopsy. So, right. 
R.I.P. Yeah. It was a weird cry for me too, by yeah. the way, because it was. It, it's kind of ups, It upsets me that that's how I felt. But mm-hmm. it the way the only way that I could really that I got there was like I thought about him and then I thought about myself. It yeah. was like I said about the nuke. It was like very self-involved, like me, a me thought, and I thought to myself. Oh, that means I can. That means I can die from this. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought about him, and then I thought about like the rest of everybody, and I'm mm-hmm. like, shit. Like, who would care if I died? And now I really care that he has died, and it yeah. made me feel really, just yeah. It was not fun. Yeah, not fun. And I kept him back last night. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kept him back, but I will cry later. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's what we do, you know. Always a smiler. Yeah, he was. He really was. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, man. It's uh, it happened in March, so I'm not gonna do the math in my head. Terrible yeah, at math. It's like six I don't months. know, six, seven months, give or take. But yeah. yeah, hardest part is not dealing it with my own emotions. It's seeing how everyone else deals with it. You know. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, see, that's an interesting insight to what we were talking about earlier with um, not necessarily always feeling feelings like sad. Like I, I typically don't cry at sad things. Mm-hmm. I, and I always for the longest time thought that there was something wrong with me as a child. <laughs> like everybody, like some people would be crying during a movie. Yeah. And I just would like look at them and feel like something's wrong with me. Like why am I not having any kind of like mm-hmm. sympathy here? And a lot of times I try to, the only way that I can't, not the only way, but sometimes it helps if I try to really put myself in, in other people's shoes and yeah. like really creatively put myself in that mindset and pretend that I'm living as them. Yeah. And it takes like that much effort just to for me get to going. get to that's make me um, really like feel it. That's interesting. You know that. Yeah, it's a very interesting perspective. I've never thought about doing that myself. I usually just kind of stay within my own thoughts. But yeah, yeah, that's that's different. You know, it's it's a good thing though. You know, I mean, if you really feel like you want to feel what others feel, it's a good thing exactly. to do to like get into that mindset. You know. Yeah. But, now I'm actually uh, really glad you mentioned that because um, I was actually gonna bring that up. You know, like. Uh, same dude like same with me like i know we're both intps and maybe i still need to i still need to do it again i don't remember but i'm pretty sure that was it but i've always struggled with that thought and to be honest even more so now you know that i'm out of the marines Mm -hmm. and it's weird because i don't know why you know what i mean i mean i never had that issue when i was in the marines but now getting out of it i don't know if it's because my drastic change of scenery or kind of like the whole stereotypical thing you hear where it's like oh well, if you were ever in the military and you get out you just you can't adjust to being a civilian again. right like, you just have ptsd and want to kill everybody yeah exactly it's like and i'm not yeah. having a hard time adjusting like i'm doing great i'm doing just fine but emotionally i feel very disconnected from people i used to be connected to you know and i'm just mm-hmm. like why like why would i just 
feel like that in general because I was just a meteorologist in Hawaii. I never had anything hard or crazy. It's like, how come now that I'm back, I have these, I guess you could call it a lack of emotion or connection, you know? You don't feel like you had that before? Uh, I did. No, I definitely did. It's always been a part of my personality, but now it's just like grown so damn mm. large, you know? Mm. Like it's become more prominent within me, I guess you could say. Because like, that's another reason it was actually harder for me to deal with Stone's death is because I connected with him so well. Right. <laughs> even though we were such polar opposites in personality and just who we were in general. But yeah, he's definitely an extrovert. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he was literally insane, bro. So like, much. Yeah. That man just never stopped <laughs> smiling, partying, you name it, you know, but it's like now that I'm back, it's like the only person I could really connect with is Seth, you mm -hmm. know, but the rest of my family, I love them because they're my family, but, I can't emotionally connect with them, mm. if you get what I'm saying. And I really wasn't able to before either, but now it's just bigger. So I'm just like... Sure. Well, I think that might even come... It, I'm not sure that that even has anything to do directly with being in Hawaii mm -hmm. and just, like, growing up in general. Yeah. Like, you just start, I don't know, feeling like you have your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And you kind of maybe don't value people's <laughs> opinion as much as it used to like really matter yeah. and really like affect your point of view. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it ever affected your point of view in the, in the past? No, uh, point of view wise, I'd never say it was a problem. It's more of an emotional connection kind mm -hmm. of issue, I guess. Cause like it's more about connecting with specific individuals or just individuals in general. But as far as like my, I guess you could say perspective goes, I've never been that kind of person in general. That's just who I am as a person. Like, I always want to know, why does this group of people believe in this or vice versa? Or why do they culturally react differently to this culture versus this or et cetera, et cetera? Like, I always like to get into the mindset of others, you know? Like, right. I don't just want to think, like, with a one-sided point of view. I always right. want to, like, look at their perspective and be like, why do these guys think I'm the enemy? Right. Or, you know, why do we view ourselves as the good guy? like just just things like that because exactly it's uh really mind opening to just do that and i think that's the big cause of a lot of the problems that we have now in this country is people don't think outside the box and when people are different than they are they just automatically label them as an enemy right and it's not enough to be there's different this, like they literally want to kill there's or just absolutely like violently abuse these people like it's not enough to be different they just they want to inflict their point of view upon them through the means of violence if they have to right know? Right. Or and sometimes even if they don't have to, they just want to just to prove a point. And yeah, I, I exactly. think that comes from a severe lack of openness mm -hmm. with, like you said, the way that you go about trying to understand things and pe other people's point of view from a, like a logical perspective and yeah. really listen and try to understand where they're coming from. It's kind of the only way to find you. All we're really doing is looking for the truth. Yeah, all, that's all I want. I don't. I don't <laughs> care what you believe. Really, I want to know why you believe it and how I can use that to benefit my life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Seth was actually Seth had. He said a Bruce Lee quote to me, and I'm probably going to butcher it. He's <laughs> yeah. probably said it to you multiple times. Has he? I don't think so. No, no it doesn't. We were talking something similar to this, and he said that Bruce Lee said. Oh, I'm going to butcher it. Essentially, <laughs> it was something along the lines of take what is useful 
throw away or get rid of or some other big word that I'm losing. Mm -hmm. Take what's useful, eliminate what is unuseful, and use that to benefit, I don't benefit your life, something like that. I'll find the quote. Yeah, Let me, if yeah. I had my phone on me, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get that real quick. I'm All right. Not, don't interrupt the flow. <laughs> Bruce Lee quote coming right up. I'm going to get it right. I feel like it's important. I feel like it's too important to pass up. Bruce Lee quote. How does it make you feel? If I think you understand. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely understand the gist of the message. Um, yeah, no, I'd say it's definitely true. You know, just it, it's everybody. I feel like it's everybody's responsibility to have that mindset, you know, because even how do I word this? Like if you want to be one sided in opinion, I absolutely think that's fine. I have no issue with that. But if you're going to do that, don't be so violent or hateful towards those that don't hold those same values or opinions, you know? Right. Like, believe what you want to believe, but don't get to a point of hatred or violence towards those who don't believe or see as you see. Right. But it's well, it's like, definitely uh, uh, very helpful to not look at things from only one perspective. you got to look at everyone's point of view you need the whole gather picture. all that knowledge and then decide for yourself like what's really going on or what do i really think about this and i think that that sounds very very broad because whenever i was in and i found the quote by the way okay i found uh i found that when people said when people said that you need to form your own point of view mm -hmm. i didn't realize that i did have my own point of view oh yeah we all do I, but i didn't realize it i felt like i had no opinion and yeah. I felt like I had no political affiliation. I still don't really have any political affiliation. I'm very much <laughs> an open center, slightly, depending on the day, right or left. I'm like right on mm -hmm. both. I'm always right in the middle. Yeah. Severe, not maybe not severely liberal, but mildly. I took a test recently. It put me like three points down on the liberal thing. Okay. And then I always fluctuate. But um, I didn't, I, I don't really feel like I, or I had, I didn't feel like I had an opinion. Yeah. And when people said what you just said, which I don't remember the exact words that you just used, but <laughs> but um, feeling, good Lord, this is kicking in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to jump to this quote because I don't remember what my point was. Absorb what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. Hmm. That's what you said. And I think okay. that, that makes sense, which, yeah. Use it to. I'm gonna pour some of that in your. Yeah, go for it, cup. dude. There's no way I need to finish <laughs> yeah. in all of that. Oh. There we go. But no, it's. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest reason why we've reached the divide that we have in our country now. It's because of the lack of that mindset, and not only just the lack, but the pride and the ego. So many people, and it's everyone. The sword cuts both ways, you know. It's both liberals, it's both conservatives, it's the far right, it's the far left. Everyone, once they choose what they want to believe, they don't ever give thought to why the others believe what they believe. Right. Because if you look at it from the other the other person's perspective, it makes sense from their perspective. So then the issue just becomes, well, I think I'm right and you're wrong, which is where the pride and the ego comes in. Which is fine. It doesn't have to be a problem. They could, you could be a Democrat and you could be a conservative and just vote for the party you want to vote for. But right. why do people let that ego 
form into that, you know, hatred and violence? Like, yeah. how how did we get to this point, first of all? You know, like, where did it all start? I mean, the country's always had its divisions, but how's it gotten to a point where we literally look like a third world country in the news? Like, with multiple cities being burned and looted and just cops and protesters alike both being shot and killed you know yeah. how did this fucking happen we look dude? like syria 2008 <laughs> we do it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous you know and the thing that really upset me you know thinking about that is when i was reading the news on my computer and before i started playing a little computer game i just was like you know what maybe i want to read the news today just real quick and there was an article which had quotations from other countries and their leaders talking about america today and they were, the, their quotes are just mind-blowing. They're just like, I literally feel, I, I can't quote who said it, because honestly, I don't remember. But, like, some of them, one of them said something that really struck me. is like, I literally feel like I am watching the Roman Empire decline in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. Don't remember which leader it was or what country said that, but that was one that really stuck out to me. I'm just I've like, been hearing a lot of people say this. It's like, it was because there's striking similarities, you know? And it makes sense, given that, the Greeks and Romans built Western civilization and we kind of inherited a lot of the same cultural values and things they believed in and a lot of the things they also didn't believe in. But it's if anyone that studies history, it's all just ones and zeros. It's patterns like you could look at a situation and be like, oh, well, because this is going on, that looks a lot like what went on in this age to this empire. Will we see the same outcome or will we overcome it? Right. And that's the question a lot of people have been asking themselves. And they're just like, Looks like we're not. <laughs> I don't think that a lot of people even are asking themselves that. I yeah. Think. It's just the introspective thinkers, you know, like the sure. ones that think about that kind of stuff sure. a lot and study these things. But yeah, yeah. the majority, they don't think. Let's be honest. They just watch CNN or Fox and only filter what those people feed them and nothing else. Right. Their own opinions are only the opinions of others. I kind of, I, I do think about it, but then it terrifies me and I completely <laughs> just eliminate it from my yeah. life and i don't think about I, it it's maybe not the best thing like from a social perspective to just throw in the towel and not pay attention to any of it like that's what a lot of people will call part of the problem mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it starts to affect your like well-being and gives you anxiety and you don't want to deal with you just yeah. it makes you feel like shit then turn it off oh yeah just no, turn it sure, off for sure that's usually my yeah. <laughs> the way I, that I handle. No, that. there's uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, though. You know, I mean, it's like going it's to like, bed. It's like I said, we also handle situations differently. If like, if seeing negativity makes you a more negative person or gives you negative thoughts, then just filter it out. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that because it's not like because you're choosing to do that, you become so unaware that you can't make a difference. Because let's be honest, who can really make the difference besides the people in Washington? I mean, we have the power to vote in who we want, but I and mean, does, it, does it really make a difference whether it's Trump or Biden? I mean, and that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I think I said this to you yesterday, too, but I had this thought. I think I actually had the original thought yesterday where it's like, well, what what reality do you want to live in? Put egos and personalities of mm-hmm. the two candidates aside. Yeah. What what kind of world are you trying to like? What what do you feel would be the best livable situation based on who is going to explode more like yeah, which bomb exactly. is the less threat is the less threatening yeah. yeah and it's sad that that's the way we have to think about it but it's the most real way to think about it it's like things are probably gonna get shitty because the people have become shittier right so who can we trust to control the shittier situation <laughs> yeah 
Not even. I don't think either of them are going to control the situation. I don't think yeah, either of them are going to do out. any kind of good job mm-hmm. in in terms of taking any kind of control, real control. But I mean, I'm not. I'm honestly not too. I don't know. I don't know what anybody's doing. So I'm talking yeah, out of my yeah. ass right now. Oh, I have I no fucking idea. I was honestly about to do the same thing because, like, as far as how our government works with its internals and you know, oh. Let's create this new bill or this law. I have no idea what the process is or who's yeah. responsible, you know, because it's all split up. You know, you got the Senate, you got Congress, you got the president. As far as the checks and balances go, I honestly don't remember that shit since high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, me either, really. But I, I know a bill likes to uh, sing songs yeah. walking up and down the, the Capitol, oh, yeah. whatever it's, it's called. It's like... The thing about like the recent situation with the BLM and all these protests, I feel like the answer. <laughs> now I'm certain my words. <laughs> I feel like the answer is really simple, you know. It is. But since I don't know how the government works, I can't comment on how they could fix it because I don't even know how they work internally. So how are they gonna make the cards move on the table, you know? But sure. I feel like it shouldn't have gone to this point. I mean, it's a fact, you know. Like it's undeniable that there is systematic racism in For the sure. police force. And my personal opinion, because I don't really know, I believe it all just comes down to training. Agreed. And I believe it's just because look at the difference between the military and the police, right? Uh, let's, let's use the military police as an example. I mean, plenty of people get thrown into the brig and get involved in violent situations that involve either harm to themselves or to others. You know, it's not something that's unique to just civilians only. I mean, People murder each other, rape or beat each other on a military base. You know, these people have families and spouses. It, it still happens. On a know? base? Oh, yeah, without really? a doubt. I mean, people are people. It's just sometimes someone just loses their shit and boom, you now got a crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually got to <laughs> witness a situation that involved the military police. And uh, they handle it well. And I feel like the majority of that comes down to the training because they're not only trained as police officers. They also have that military training on top of that. And I feel like that's what really makes the difference because don't want to mention names, but whenever I was on duty once, <laughs> there was a Marine that beat another Marine. And so, you know, me as the duty, the first thing I did was I tried to defuse the situation because I didn't want to have to get the law involved if I didn't have to, you know? Right. And the guy was obviously beat up. You could see like marks on his face and like back, but he didn't need to go to the ER. So I was just trying to de-escalate. I was like, you okay? You know, like, everything's all right. Just come to my office. Just sit here. Let's just calm down. Here's some water. You know, just de-escalate. Now, the guy that did that to him, he came down naturally because he was like, oh, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Is he going to, like, call the police? Like, what the fuck's going to happen? I'm just like, hey, man, just just calm down. Like, just just relax. Go sit down. Like, we'll talk about this. We'll figure it out. The whole time, I just tried to get to the point where the police didn't have to get involved. Is, but is it just you by yourself de-escalating this entire situation? Yes. Two fully grown men? Yep. I That's was the terrifying. duty, so it was just me. <laughs> that is terrifying. Oh, yeah. One of them was really grown. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, these, we're talking about fully grown military... <laughs> like grown ass savages yeah, yeah. that are in the military like that's that's who's in the military yeah like exactly savages. you know and I did the best I could but uh, the guy that got assaulted he wanted the law to get involved so I'll just say alright mm. I'm the duty this is my job like I'll give you this opportunity if this is the route you want to go down we can do this but just one last time are you sure and he's like you know what yeah I'm sure dude like I'm scared from life like alright We'll, we'll do it that way. And so... So who comes in? Is it like you actually call the police The police? military police. Oh, there's a military. Mm-hmm. It's like every police. base has its own police, which is mm. police, but they're military police. They're mm. just 
they're Marines, but they're also cops. They're just specifically like the base cops, essentially. Yeah. And so they come in, you know, and like, like I said, back to the systematic racism and just the, the police, I feel like don't have a very good handle on these um, situations. And I think that's due to a lack of training, you know, because like whenever they came in, like I've seen everyone watches cops, you know, or just yeah. the well, light anymore. It's canceled. Oh, yeah. But or, yes. But even after cops, like a lot of people also watch these body cam footages of all these cases that we see in the news that usually, you know, evolve into protest. And right. There are some where it's like, okay, yeah, it's a stressful situation. You could definitely see that that was probably self-defense. But then there's other cases where you watch and you're like, that cop was totally in the wrong, dude. Like, what the fuck was that, you know? And I feel like it's lack of training because watching this happen when I was on bases of duty, this guy's fucking huge. Like, one of the biggest guys I've ever met, you know? Like, he's threatening. He's got a lot of, like, tattoos just on his neck everywhere, you know? These cops, the military police, they didn't come in, you know, guns out, like, trying to bang shit up. Like, they just walked right. in nice and calmer, like, all right, duty, what's going on? And I tell them everything. They're like, do you know where the guy's at? I'm like, nope, he's probably just running around the barracks somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it was calm. They handled it. They found him. They brought him in. They didn't immediately cuff him. They didn't like fucking beat him down, you know? Like there was a literal assault. The other guy had marks on him and they didn't do anything crazy. They just put him in the corner. I mean, granted, there was about five of them still, but right. there was no physical force. They just put him in the corner and said, calm the fuck down. Everyone talks. The uh, NCIS guys came like notes started getting drawn out investigators like they're trying to get the full story and that was it then at the end they cuffed him and took him away but yeah so how do they train you like how much did you get training on how to de-escalate those types of situations yourself being put in that position uh, a little bit not place? not a lot not a lot how no. many hours do you think <sighs> i didn't name hours man i don't know if i could put a number to it because i i never really thought more, about thinking of it as an hours type of thing but more than 20 definitely eh, for that specific situation no uh, less than that, but the only thing you've learned about de-escalation handling situations is the stuff you learn in boot camp and combat training. And aside from that, unless your job specifically pertains to something like that, like mm -hmm. if I was military police, you don't get training further than that. Mm -hmm. But that was it, just boot camp and combat training, which in total, boot camp's 12. Uh, I'm definitely going to misquote this. I believe combat training was one month since I was a non-combat um, MOS, so we get the shortened version. Mm. While the grunts get, like, the fuller version, which I don't remember how long they do it for. Yeah. And that's not that's not BUDS. We're not... This, oh, this no, that's Navy, Navy SEALs. That's right. a whole other deal. Yeah. That, that, that's always confused me. I don't, yeah. I don't know why everybody gets different training. I mean, I guess there's different elements. Yeah, but different training, different elements, yeah. different missions, you know. I just feel like it would be a great idea to have everybody trained. Yeah, I feel like that's what it fronts. is, though, is the training, you know. It's like, I hope I don't misquote this. I don't want to look like an idiot, but um, um, our buddy, you know, you remember Jesus, mm. uh, he works a lot with the law. I forget what his specific job is, but he works down in Austin. Uh, he's like a some sort of like evidence kind of guy, like looks through all the files, you know, paperwork type of deal, stuff like that. And he also went to school for criminal justice. So, you know, he did that. And like I said, don't want to misquote, but not only what he said from talking to him about the whole, you know, political situation and all this in general, but mm. just general internet searches, which again, there's no way to know unless you verify it. I'm under the, um, I'm, I really feel like it's the lack of training. And I feel like everyone knows that, you know? Well, And, and I uh, believe there's actually been some articles that, like, actually say, like, oh, yeah, 
uh, police don't have a lot of training. 20 and hours, that that's is, why I was asking. Is that what it is? Okay, so if that's true, then that's your answer. That's why. Dude. Yeah, like, one time. It's not like an ongoing thing. Apparently, yeah. uh, you know what? I actually could be misquoting. It might be. Because where I heard this, of course, was on Rogan, <laughs> which is where I get most of my information of anything. And uh, he had Jocko on, Jocko Willink. Uh, he's an ex-Navy SEAL. Yeah. And commando of some sort. Anyway, I'm not going to misquote this man. He's a giant, and I don't want any problems. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big guy. Uh, smart guy, too. And he, uh, he was talking about how he thinks that everybody should, I think he may have said that, Everybody should have a mandatory like twenty hours a mm-hmm. week of training. Exactly, and that doesn't sound outrageous to you at all. No, like, that not doesn't at all. Like too much training. It's, it's honestly not. It's really yeah. not. And uh, it's it's it comes down to that. It's training and leadership. Like it's a military. It parallels the same things. Like that's what it comes down to. If you have good leadership and good training, the unit's sharp. The only people that are gonna fuck up are the idiots. And right. sometimes idiots slip through the cracks. You know, it is what it is. But People like that get reprimanded, and eventually, if they don't get their act together, they just get kicked out, you know? And I feel like that would be the simple answer, but it's like, why has that not been done, you know? Like, what's going on in Washington? Why can't they just, like I said, I don't know how the law works up there, especially Mm -hmm. coming down from a presidential level all the way down the state, being that the police is always run by the city within the state. Why can the president do something where it's like, there's now this new mandatory training law, every cop has to have this, or implement systems that make sure that this systematic racism is like squashed and you don't get these asshole cops because that's not a new thing. Like racist asshole cops have always been a thing. Like it's been going on forever. You know? Right. Originally when things started getting really violent and hectic and crazy and on fire and everything was a mess. And it, I mean, it's somewhat honestly, I think that it's kind of dwindled down to a, a somewhat of a simmer, a consistent simmer yeah. of riots happening and demonstrations. But originally, my first thought was, oh, well, it's clearly, like, of course. Like, it's so clear to me that it's, it's just an education problem. <laughs> and I was just like, that's what it is. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like, yeah. that, that, like, who's teaching? Who's te- like, you don't just learn. You, you don't just, you're not just born with fuck you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all taught. And so who's teaching and where? I, that's that's the problem is mm-hmm. it, it is it's all of the things that's it what is. i that's what i real that's it what is. i later realized was like well it's but it's everything. also this it's like literally what if this person was everything. taught something here and then they brought that to this other yeah. place and so it's it's all the things it's it's the Where whole to start system. i don't know yeah it's it's education it's culture it's, it's it's everything like there's so many different factors that play into it and like it's a good thing is like people are like plato you know and the sculptor is a different culture or different form of education or different form of ideology. And it molds this person and boom, that's who this person is now. And the problem with that is a lot of people don't think outside the box as they remain that person right. and can never see it from any other point of view or perspective. Right. Whereas they just some stand people, on their pedestal that they were built on. Yeah. Whereas some sure. people could stand on that pedestal and they could firmly hold on to those beliefs but not but sometimes, be that sometimes they do a little asshole. dance and yeah. they let some things float float on them and they <laughs> let a butterfly land on their arm. They look at it and they're like, "Oh, look at that butterfly. That's cool. Yeah, huh? I wonder exactly. how that works. Let's let's talk to the butterfly and see what it's thinking about. Like, it doesn't have to be a butterfly. It could be anything. Just like, like, oh, well, how how were you taught in elementary school yeah. on how to deal with certain people? Exactly. And no, and that's that's the thing though. It's like. Back to like, you know, the thing I keep saying, the sword, it cuts both ways, you know, and that's the thing that people refuse to look at. It's like, 
it's true. The systematic racism is there and the police force does need more training. I feel like if that happened, we wouldn't see these things happening. But at the same time, it's like, we're all in the wrong, dude. You know, like, I mean, the thing is, uh, I don't want to like try to get too political with this, but yeah, a, there's a lot of people on the left that don't want to look at it from that other perspective also, and they just automatically label all the cops as these evil racist pigs, but the truth right. is they're not. That drives me crazy, Like, too. there's yeah. a lot of good cops, but now with the, you know, media always blowing things up, of course, now they're trying to, like, get on this whole bandwagon of defund all the police, fuck all the police, right. but, you know, a lack of training and good leadership has created assholes, and now people are labeling the whole group as evil assholes, but that's not the truth. Same with, right. like, the protests, like... Fox News, for example, makes it seem like the left is all yeah. evil and burn the country down. No, exactly. But they're not. It's no, like, the yeah. protests aren't, yeah. It's they're like, not it's, all bad. It's like there are a bunch of shitty bad protesters who are like driven by this chaos and violence. But there's also just as many protesters who just, they just want the change, the good change for the country. Right. You know? And the sad thing is you're not going to get that representation if you just watch Fox or just CNN. Like, and one thing that really opened my eyes to that, because when it first happened, I held on to like that, super far-right perspectives like well look at all these fucking evil assholes like they want to destroy our whole country mm. and you know but then looking at uh just random youtube videos which i love to do because a lot of those people they're unfiltered not all of them but a lot of them are you know right. they just there's just a guy with a microphone who goes out to the sites and just says what's your opinion on this mm. what's your opinion on this nothing else that's it and seeing that you get a good idea of the ratio of how many of these protesters really just want peace and how many others are really these evil assholes, you know? But then you learn it's not the majority like the news makes you believe. It's just a couple of assholes ruining right. it for everyone, you know? It's like, uh, no, th that's exactly what it is. And I, I've i heard this quote put out there way too many times and I'm really reluctant that I'm even going to put it out there myself. <laughs> but apparently 80% of the population is on Twitter and 2% <laughs> of the Twitter population makes up or two percent of the, tw the the population on Twitter makes up eighty percent of the comments hmm. or eighty percent of the tweets. I did not know that. And so that's kind of the same thing. Is like there's just some loud, crazy person over here. Yeah, and setting shit listens. on fire, and everybody's like, "Look at everybody on the left, and look yep, at everybody exactly. on the right. Look at those crazy yeah, fucks." Exactly, and that's the thing too. <laughs> you know, it's there's true. an explosion happening. <laughs> this is news. This is not news. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just terror in. And that, that's actually, I also heard apparently the definition of what news is, is inherently usually bad. Like you don't, nobody listens to, yeah. the, there's not a good, it's, there's not a good oh news. Gosh. Yeah, it's, it's news so is sad always that that's bad. true too. It is. Like, like after my favorite television show at 1135, <laughs> my Craig Ferguson would turn off whatever time it ended and then it would go right to a three-year-old girl was shot in the yeah, streets of exactly, San Antonio this dude. afternoon and. What? Like, I just went from super happy laughing time to children dying. Like, yeah. Jesus. I know. It's it's sad that that's, the, uh, that that's what it is. You know, it's like my grandpa, for example, he doesn't watch the news specifically for that reason because it's so negative. It's all focused on the negatives, you know, which... He's smart grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. I feel like most grandpas don't do that. Yeah, which is fine because, you know, we should focus on the negatives and like, what's going on? But... Why is it only the negative? Like, why can't we get good news? Because there's, I'm sure there's plenty of good things going on that involve like 
progress, you know, medical or scientific wise, like, why can't we hear about the next big medical thing or the scientific advancement that's going to shoot us 20 years in the future earlier than we thought, you know, or something right. like that. It's like, you got to dig the for crazy that. shit. Yeah. You, 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 you got to go do. and like, look for it and be always on the, on the prowl for it. Yeah. You have to be already excited about thinking about it and then mm-hmm. you go and find it. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's putting it in your face. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's sad, but it's true, man. But I don't know. It's uh scary to think about the situation because it doesn't seem like it's de-escalated. Like I, it seems like it's going to reach a boiling point and yeah, just get worse. I don't think it goes away either. Which scares me. Yep. Because I don't want to have to pick a side. Because, right. I mean, just the way I foresee it as someone who's in the military and is always studying and thinking about history, I could see that once it blows up, it's going to become so fucked up that there are no good guys. It's just a civil war with no black and white, just hundreds of shades of gray, just assholes killing other assholes. Like, right. And all the good people are going to get drawn into it or stay out of it and then be persecuted because of it. Because exactly. they're not picking the side. You know? it, that's exactly. And they're just seen that's as what like I'm traitors or too. something. That's me. Because like I just said, I'm always in the center of everything and I'm just more than likely going to shut the fuck up and stick to myself. Yeah. But I do have this podcast and I'm talking some <laughs> shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, for the most part, I mean, I'm the guy that just listens to what everybody else is saying. I'm like, is it safe here? No? All right. Yeah. Go, I'm going to go over here then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people hate that. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, it's uh, it's become a different culture here. You know, it's like, um, it's crazy too because it's both. It's also the left just as much as is the right but like the whole cancel culture thing is like what the fuck is that dude yeah dude i just <laughs> this is america bro we were supposed to have free speech even if you don't like what someone's saying who fucking cares yeah like they had like unpopular opinion here i'm a huge believer in like free speech at the ultimate level like if some dickhead nazi wants to go <laughs> into the middle of san antonio and be like i'm a nazi this is why i'm a nazi you know, ah, even if, even if he's like a real dickhead Nazi, not just some right. crazy socialist guy that's like, I'm a Nazi, just like a real Nazi, like, fuck you, you he's know. He's like pointing people uh, out, yeah, like being like, aggressive. I'm really a Nazi and I really hate you for being this color of skin. Right. Like, yeah, it's fucked up. The dude's evil. He's obviously an asshole and like he should really be, you know, talked to and educated and like, let's try sure. to change this guy's perspective. But free speech, dude, like, why are we going to go so out of our way that anyone who doesn't agree with what we say has to be canceled, you know? And it's both sides too. You know, there's plenty of examples of leftists canceling right people or the people on the right canceling left people because of things they say. And it's like, why? What I can't understand is like, why does, why does it have to be, who decided that it had to be, we are all like you're, you are just canceled. Mm -hmm. Why can't you just cancel it in your own world and just not pay attention to it? Exactly. That's, that's the most, that's the truest thing right there too. It's like, why? Like what's wrong with you that you're taking that so crazily? Yeah, exactly. Why do they have to go out of their way to like destroy? Some of the things are warranted. Oh no, definitely. There's definitely some people. Oh yeah, exactly. That's not, that's, you probably should be put to, I mean, in Texas, I think you can be put to death. I don't know. I think think they do. I don't know. But no, it's true. Like, there's some cases where it's like, yeah, that guy definitely needs to be canceled or put in jail. But there's plenty more cases where it's just like, this dude's just an asshole. Yeah. You don't ruin someone's life because they're an asshole. And boom, now they have like no job or something, you know? Right. Like, that's fucked up, dude. I'm just, th- th- that's definitely like, mercy, one of... you know, like, 
why can't people just have more mercy? Like we should allow right. second chances more instead of just being like, this guy's the enemy, let's ruin his life. Yeah. Just like, yeah, stoning him. You put, <laughs> you're, you're put, taking it back to Roman times, put them in a <laughs> hole and just throwing rocks at their head. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's social media, the rocks at your head. Yeah, exactly. It really is. And it's crazy because it's like the most stupid shit now, too. Like, <laughs> I'm going to use a really funny situation, but <laughs> it, it really shows how stupid it all is, you know. But uh, I don't know her name because I don't follow the individual. But on Snapchat, it's funny because if you scroll to the right, like everything pops in there, you know, like everything you could possibly imagine, like all the new Snapchat wants you to see, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always like to look at it because, like I said, I love looking at the different perspective that I don't subscribe to. And I was looking at one, and that Charlie girl, that TikToker, uh, I think D'Amelio is her name. No I don't idea. know. She's just a famous TikTok girl, you know. Same reason they all are just, they just dance. And everyone's like, cool, let's watch this dance in person. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she was canceled by the Twitter mob because she got a spray tan. And people said she, she was black. blackfacing. So they canceled her. <laughs> It's like, really? Now, I did see the pictures that they said where they're like, you can't deny it's blackface. And like, I'll admit, yeah, it did look very blackface because it wasn't just a tan, but also the style of hair she did. But mm. still, though, like, why do you not take that as a compliment? Yeah, like, that, why does it have to be I've an con- evil, I've bad been thing? i by that, too. You know? Like, there are people who, like, put on the, the different, uh, like, Mexican... I mean, I was almost going to call it garb. Mexican <laughs> garb. What am, what am I in the middle? What is it? Middle Ages? Uh, for like, Mexican garb? No, no, no. I think the Mexicans it's were the, around the, in the Middle Ages. The, the, word, the word garb. like Yeah, it's a very old word. Middle I don't know if it's Middle Ages, it, but it is, I'd right. imagine it was. Uh, yeah, anyway. Like people putting on like the dresses, the mm-hmm. the flowery dresses that the people dance in. I don't know yeah. what they're called, but... I know what like, you're talking about, though. But I, don't I also don't know that. the word behind it, but yeah. Like some white girl puts that on and yep, starts just dancing like, around. Just uh, who does she think? She's a Mexican? She's appropriating our culture. It, it, it's stupid. I think a, a good example of like cultural appropriation is like look at how the West views it versus the East. In the West, I mean, I don't need to tell you what we think about it. Like It's all over Twitter. Yeah, canceled. <laughs> but in the East, however, it's seen as a compliment when someone appreciates your culture, even if you We're take it too far. To you. Yeah. A good example would be um, <laughs> weebs. <laughs> what is weebs? It's a derogatory, I don't know if it'd be millennial oh, or younger shit. Did I just type say of some, word. Some racist shit? No, it's okay. it's not. You're not going to get canceled <laughs> for saying weeb. I mean, some people will probably be upset, but they're not going to cancel you. But weeb is a term used to like describe your typical neckbeard loser guy that just watches anime all day. That's like, this, <laughs> that's like the stigma behind a weeb. It's like, if you're that guy... That's the derogatory term. People say, okay. you're a weeb, dude. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Uh, back to the um, cultural appropriation thing and like how the East uses it. So that's a weeb, right? Okay. Uh, I saw a video recently. You know, like I said, I love these types of videos. I forget the guy's name. Uh, he's, I'm subscribed to him. But I just, I'm terrible remembering specific names. But he's a Japanese guy who also speaks English. And he likes to go around in like downtown Tokyo and ask people their opinions on certain subjects. One of them was the weeb culture. And so he talked to all these people and was like, what do you think about weebs? Most of them didn't know what weebs were yeah. after he showed them a video of what they were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing because like, I don't want to sound like a dick, but a lot of the weeb community, they are some very interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, after showing that to them, they weren't mad. They weren't like, oh, we want to cancel these guys. How dare they appropriate Japanese culture? They're just like, 
they just a lot of them thought it was funny or weird and most of them thought of it, thought of it as a compliment they're like i didn't know the americans thought of us like that mm. wow that's so cool yeah well i mean they they not that everybody is, but we kind of do get a lot of the the, the sunshine, mm-hmm. a lot of the limelight, and so anytime anybody pays any like Canada, like nobody pays attention to Canada. Anytime yeah. we say anything about them, they're just like, oh, they're talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was true. It's funny, but yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're so uh, like r- like full of ourselves that we're just we, we have too much of it, mm-hmm. and they're they're looking for attention. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's true. Um, I just thought of a really another good example of that. I don't remember. I'm trying to. Ah, damn. All right. I'm still going to talk about it. I can't give specifics because I don't remember. But there was a movie that came out recently here in America and Mm. obviously worldwide. Because we always usually do that, you know. And I don't remember if it was about Japanese or Chinese culture. But it was about one of the two or maybe some other oriental culture. I don't remember. And uh, the funny thing was, uh, the, a lot of the actors they used weren't from that culture, right? And so mm, here, crazy, no, crazy rich Asians had all eight. I don't remember. And so here in the West, a lot of the Twitter moms like, "What the fuck? Cancel these assholes! How dare they appropriate the culture of whatever Asian culture that's from?" I don't remember, like I said. And whatever country it was from, the culture when they saw the movie, they loved it. Hmm. That's the difference. It's like, why can't we? like that like why do we have to view it as an insult you know right i mean tokyo drift was <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> tokyo drift pretty accurate in america anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long i i remember nothing about that movie <laughs> no, mo- besides the lo- stupid song lo- i don't even remember the songs <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> A lot of frosted tips, a lot of lime green yeah. happening, a couple of swords, yeah. M5s. Now, it's funny, though, because um, <laughs> there's actually a subculture in Japan that I saw a video about that Vice covered, and it was the Cholo culture. Mm. There's a group of Japanese people that like the Cholo culture so much, they like made it their own little thing, and it, it's the funniest thing to see because it's like just these Japanese people, you know, like native Japanese in Japan dressing up like cholos and like the women doing like oh shit you're good you're good <laughs> and like the women doing like the chola looking makeup you know driving low riders like getting tattoos of you know like the <laughs> guadalupe virgin mary like just everything that you could think of we think of cholo you know I is to, um i, I guess to, would be the word i have to find this it's it's the best and it's funny because like pick one the japanese you know like to them they were just like oh this is cool I literally think it's this one. I mean, of course, the title's appropriation or appreciation. But yeah, it's that. And it's like, you know, a lot of the Latino community here in the West saw it as appropriation. But the Japanese are just like, we just like the culture. So we kind of want to do our own thing, you know? And it's like, why can that not be okay? Like, why do we have to view them as like, how dare you? That's my culture. Don't do that. What I want to know is, are they also going A? Yes. Like, they're, they're, they're like, literally... Hey, living it up to the fullest thank you like like if you were to meet these group of people you'd be like am i in downtown la where am i <laughs> like they're just taking it all out like the tattoos the cars the clothes like you name it jesus like everything i wonder if they change their names go full blown i don't know it's a good question though there's the first dead air 
<laughs> first dead air. Yeah. Of the, I, I, I've had this issue with like editing these videos because yeah. it's really hard to have. It's really hard to do something that is a, for a prolonged amount of time without saying some shit that you regret. Oh gosh. And so for like. Sure. I don't. I don't think that I've said anything that I regret. In like yet. back to the topic we discussed. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why can't we just talk about things? Like, why have right. to be afraid of some things that we might say? You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it'd be different if it was like just full blown. Like, if I start blurting out the n word, but sure, I, I didn't. I'm, we're just talking about politics and society. It's like, do I have to be afraid of offending people? Yeah. That's one thing that I'm. I am slowly realizing is like and i've i've always realized it and it, it's it's something that i i don't know there there were there was definitely a time where i really really cared about how people feel about me and mm -hmm. i definitely still have that but i'm trying i'm i've been working on trying to just just put it out just don't edit anything just yeah. just leave it leave the dead air leave all of it fuck it doesn't matter <laughs> that doesn't matter. Just I can't listen to it. That's one thing that I'm realizing with this is that I really? can't. I cannot listen to it. Oh, it's oh, a dog. dog. Great. It's weird hearing things through this. Yeah. And just like <laughs> is the Annabelle coming through? What what is that weird uh, <laughs> moaning sound coming through the? <laughs> no. Yeah. So I don't know. In the first like few of these that I did, I just I tried to like cut different pieces out and. Like parts, I definitely have taken shit out. Like in the first like two or three episodes, I had ads, and I I really don't really want to put ads in when yeah. I un unless I actually have sponsors that aren't myself. Meanwhile, I'll go to Daniel Van. <laughs> all things me, uh, hire me, photography, videography, all the things. Um, and so that's an easy way to put to take things out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can just put an ad, and then take out a chunk and then just come back to wherever yeah. you want to start. And I've done that before and it feels, really? it feels shitty. You have like your own little ads that you just inserted into it or. Yeah. I just, I, cool. I admit. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I sit there and I look at the camera and I do the whole, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird experience in itself. Cause those sometimes don't take, they're not always like a one take thing. It's like, yeah. a, fuck, how did I, I can't say it right. And it's like, I, I breathed wrong in this one and I feel like I can't use that take. And then I just get angry with myself trying to make an ad mm -hmm. and it, it it's uh yeah. It, I wonder how those ads would do. Just leave leave the. Go to the Agamemnon and comfort. Ah, Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's something. That, no, I don't know. I'm losing my mind right now. <laughs> I'm having. A, you're watching a live short circuit in my brain right now, and this it's is great. this is something that I would 100% take out. Yeah. But I'm not going to. If you're listening to this, I hope you appreciate this because this is absolutely degrading it's, it's, it's raw <laughs> and unfiltered <laughs> it, it's degrading me from the inside i feel terrible but it, it also feels somewhat relieving because it kind of feels like you're going to bed while a nuke is coming in yeah coming for you it's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it yeah. <laughs> no it's uh i like it this is, my, this is the first podcast i've ever done 
I like it a lot. I think it's really fun. I could definitely see myself doing something like this on the norm if I had the really? ability to do that, I suppose you could say. Well, you're only 45 minutes away. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. I, I need rec- I need guests regular <laughs> i need help <laughs> it's hard please subscribe <laughs> subscribe it's, it's hard for a pimp out here <laughs> no for real i need uh i i want to have uh I like, I, I like doing it live I, it's just a different experience like no I, it is it's, can, it's really different like i can do the skype calls i've never experienced in anything like this you know it's i guess it's weird that i say that because i feel like i should feel familiar with I guess it's kind of setting just because with my job in the Marines, I talk to people every day I'm on the job. Like I'm always briefing, talking or interviewing or counseling because part of the, uh, one of the things we do is um, once you hit a rank, you know, once I'm corporal, I got Marines under me. So now I can't only just be their boss and tell them what to do. I have to know who they are as people and counsel them to make sure they're the best Marines they could be, you know? Sure. And not to mention, this is just a basic human thing of just talking to people like maybe it feels like a foreign land to you because we live in our phones (laughs) and we have for a long time time. at least a decade i think i think that plays a large part in this too yeah it feels good to just like it it, it does it feels really good it's um different because it's like i mean i don't know how long we've already been doing this but we've been i feel like we've been talking for a while you know and there's i think there's been only like two pauses you know Mm -hmm. one of them I'd say it was more of an emotional pause. And then mm-hmm. the other was just like a slight pause. It was like, okay, next topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it feels very stress relieving to do this. Agreed. And I feel like Agreed. a big part this of that is, what is like what you needs. said earlier is the whole phone thing. It's like we've become so isolated as a society that we don't just sit down and talk to people. Like you're either living on your phone or living on your computer or your PS4 or your Xbox. And like, yeah. A lot of uh, extrovert people, like, they still go out and party, but, you know, when they're not doing that, it's right back to the phone or the video games, like, or, I mean, even the partying thing, like, you're partying, you know, you're getting socially lubricated, you're drinking, you're having fun, like, people don't just sit down and talk. Right. That's something that has always driven me crazy, too. Well, kind of. (laughs) I, I, I have two points of view on this. They're both the same, but they're two different scenarios, right? So, one is... I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. and that means that it, it doesn't mean that I don't like people. That, that, that's a misconception. I do, I'm not. Oh, I'm yeah. not bad in groups. I'm fine. It's not. It's not an issue. It's just I'm more. I like. I, I really enjoy having no more than like three people mm-hmm. in in a group, so that I can actually go deep instead of just having to feel like I have to put on a show and like yeah and feel like i've got to like it's it's brutal act. it is it's i don't like so doing brutal that. being an introvert you know i feel like it's easier for me because of my experiences like being in the marines for five years i was out of my comfort shell the whole fucking time <laughs> yeah and so it made it real easy to just sit down and talk or be in an interview type of situation you know because like i i got used to it you know and uh it's it's weird you know, because um, one thing I've always hated about it is even though I've been able to break that, I guess you could call it a social barrier, there's still things that I struggle with that I think I will always struggle with. And one of those things is I absolutely cannot connect with someone if there's no connection, not even like the tiniest little spark, you know, like some people 
that are like in a group of friends, I want to be friendly towards them because I feel like since they're in that group, I right. should be more open to them. But right. I try to communicate and it's just like talking to a dead fish or vice versa. I'm like, ah, there's, I, there's nothing similar at all. Like there's no right. connection. Like what do I even talk to this person about? Yeah, that's, it, that's me yesterday when <laughs> I, you see, I, I don't know how to relate to them. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't, I, maybe it's because I don't know them and I haven't really spent too much time with them, but like, I don't even know their names. They all look the same. <laughs> They're the four brothers. I don't, what are their names? The Duran brothers. Yeah. The Duran, yeah. I, I just, I, every now and again, I'll get a laugh, but I don't always, I don't know what to say to get, to find like the right connection there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where it is. I just don't. Yeah, it's just it's just one of the things that we struggle with. And I know, you know that they're close like, to the fam to y'all's family. Because like they're always I, there. Every time I'm there, they're there. And I'm like, yeah, I should know you better by now. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's weird too. Because like, I wouldn't say it has to do with fear. I mean, it could be at least not for me. It's more of like um, the connection. It's like I'm not scared to talk to you. I just don't know what to talk to you about. You talk to me first. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the common ground and is. So why am I going to start yeah, a conversation? And sometimes even when, like, if they're friendly enough to like start the conversation too, it just dies so fast. I'm just like, well, so, now uh, we're back to where I don't know where I'm, what I'm doing. What do you think about that weather next week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the weather. Get out of my face with the weather. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if it's gonna rain on Wednesday. Yeah. It's the quarantine. I'm staying home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's weird. The reason I kind of started this in the first place was because I don't nest. I don't really have a social life. <laughs> I don't really have too many like friends. And you've been gone for five years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you were a childhood friend. Numero numero. Who no? Spanish and whiskey don't mix. Apparently. Yeah. Numero uno. uh yeah so (laughs) i forgot my point i totally forgot my point oh i started this because uh for just like social almost like social integration like like i don't have i don't have a real job i just am a freelance business owner Mm -hmm. essentially and so i'm my own everything yeah and i mean i have a roommate and i see him all the time we go play basketball and I don't know. I mean, I just, sometimes you need a little bit more. And yeah. so the one I would love, I would absolutely love to do a weekly show. <laughs> if you were able to do that, that would be amazing. I don't know how we would make that work, but it's we could part of the process. We could make that yeah. work if you're up for it. Um, and it doesn't have to be every week. If I can get a guest, then that's cool. That'd be cool too. So how many of these have you done so far? This is episode seven. Episode seven. And most podcasts don't make it to episode seven. Really? So this is a milestone, essentially. That's, I mean, I wouldn't know that. I don't know yeah. podcast statistics. I didn't know that either until I was on a podcast. I was on, oh, Juice from the Box. There's a guy named Nathan Medina. He does a podcast called Juice from the Box. He's also mm-hmm. a YouTuber. Big. I say big. He, he is big. He's, yeah. But big in the terms of, I just don't, I, I'm not trying to shit on you. I'm not trying to shit <laughs> on you. That's why it, it, you're big, but you're not that big. Like, I, and I know he, he understands what I mean. Cause he has like 80,000 subscribers on one channel and 16,000 on another and 32 on another. Like that's, they might all be the same people. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And that's a lot. 
I have, I don't expect myself to ever even have a thousand. Honestly, <laughs> I have like 242 or something like that. And I'm, I'm nothing. So that's not bad. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my point is I was on his show and, uh, I don't remember my point. Yeah. <laughs> You're just dead in the water. Forgot, huh? That's fine. But no, it's, um, I've always appreciated people that do things like this because it's it's hard, you know, like if you do it just because you like it, then you're just you're just doing you. But as far as like a career success, it is so hard to take off on a platform like this, you know, yeah. all of it pod. I just forgot the word podcasting, uh, game streaming, you know, just anything that deals with like a social media is not just social media, but as like. A form of a career that involves you know viewers and followers and like money coming in yeah i honestly don't that's kind of what i that is pretty much what i was talking about mm -hmm. because i don't really i would love for this podcast to start paying me paying my rent <laughs> and buying me a car and a house and all the things my fix my coffee addiction and all all the things yeah this be my primary income that'd be amazing but it's really just fun to have like and these headphones really lock you in, I think. They do. I, I think they really do. That's what I think that you were picking up on earlier is like you haven't had this experience because you're not used to the auditory lock-in. Yeah. It's it's really something else. And that like really just increases the focus and connectivity. Yeah, it's like good. In the moment, this is the whole world. It's just me right. and you. Nothing like, else exists. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's it's kind of an addiction in that sense too because it's like I want to feel that it, it's the human connection. We're all kind of craving for it. And I murmured it earlier, but I think that that's actually what the entire country needs is to just oh do no. a giant podcast Definitely locked in with each other, them. looking them <laughs> oh in the man. eye. And like that would solve most <laughs> of everything. Like there's this guy. I don't remember his name. I don't know what he does, but he's this black dude uh, who deliberately goes out of his way to like meet the KKK members and he mm -hmm. talks to them. He just, he just offers them a conversation for a couple hours. Yeah. And, and that's then it. He's like collected their hoods. Like they've turned them in and he's really? completely changed their, their belief system. They're like, Oh, I just thought every, all of you guys, all of you were just bad. Like I just hated you because you were you. Hmm. And yeah, they've like presented their hood to him and given it away. And, that's that. Like, yeah. I, I, I'll find that guy's later. But that's that's cool. I've never heard of that. That's uh, that's that's really nice, though. You know, it's crazy. He's collected of like over fifty hoods, I think. Yeah, that's badass. That's crazy. Dude. It's a ballsy move. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like, you never know what you're gonna get, especially if you're like, in that situation. I mean, the guy in front of you isn't just like me and you right now. Some guy in front of you, it's like someone that literally fucking hates you. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't had it happen yet because I haven't had any anybody that isn't a friend on yeah. yet. And so I haven't necessarily been intimidated or felt any kind of crazy pressure. And mm -hmm. meanwhile, I'm still short circuiting here and there. <laughs> and so I can only imagine how that must feel talking to somebody who, you know, <laughs> despises yeah, your guts. Exactly. Now, that would be a. I'm going to start doing that. You know, that's a good way to bridge gaps is just sit down with the person. I don't have anyone I can do it with. I don't have any enemies. <laughs> Thank goodness. But if I ever did, that'd be a good thing I'd like to try out, you know, because I feel like 
you could really achieve a lot of common ground just doing this, you know? Yeah. Well, they don't have to be your, like, mortal enemy. They could just yeah, be somebody just someone who, in general, who, who you like know they don't agree with you. Yeah. Hmm. I know a few. <laughs> I know a few. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> no, that'd be cool, though. I mean, I think a good idea for one of your podcasts would definitely bring Mark on here. Really? I think that'd be an excellent idea. Uh, I'd be really worried about some of the things he might say regarding, you know, the cancel culture. Sure. He holds a very... He's he's my stepdad. I love him. You know, he's a good guy. But with the way today's cancel cultures become, there are things he might say, which a lot of people would try to jump on. You know sure. what I mean? But I think it'd be a good podcast just because it shows his perspective. Mm. And his perspective is very conservative boomer. Like, mm. there's no better way to put it. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's it, the most funny yeah, way to put and that. It, and it makes sense when you think about it. Like, like I said, from, you know, others' perspectives, like, this man grew up in the Cold War. Like, he remembers really? hiding under desk because they thought the Russians were going to nuke them. And it was like a drill they normally did in school, you know? Mm. And when you grow up in a culture of fear like that and like always being told America's the best, every other country's freaking evil, like they're the worst. We gotta kill all these damn communists, better red than or better dead than red, you know? Right. It's like it really sticks on to you. And then not only that, but the fact that he's um, you know, culturally conservative also, and I'm not talking about just like Republican, like Republican, Republican, like all these things combined, you know, the way he grew up, the culture and his party beliefs formed mm-hmm. who he is as a man. Mm. if you know what I'm saying. And like I said, with today's culture, a lot of people just automatically hear what I just said and think, oh, this guy must be a fucking asshole. Like, No, he's, he's not. He's a great guy. Super just, great guy. Yeah. He's got unpopular opinions. Sure. <laughs> but and he's and not, that can fluctuate at any time. Exactly, yeah. But he's not a hateful man. He's not racist. He's just got opinions most people don't agree with these days, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I it's, mean, it's, it's a good perspective. Like, I I do that a lot with him, actually. Like, me and him would just, you know, not with equipment, but we'll just sit down at the table and just talk mm-hmm. about anything. Politics, weather, <laughs> what's going on in our lives, literally anything. And one thing he's always told me is that he values our conversations a lot mm. because of how different I am from what he believes, but also at the same time how opening it is for him you know when we talk about things like i also good example of something we talked about recently like uh i guess just uh let's let's use globalism we talked about globalism recently you know uh, mark and i and uh he has this idea like most people that are like super far right or just really republican because not every really republican person is super far right and just hateful or crazy but he holds the opinion that America's the best country in the world, you know, Mm. from every point of view, like as an economic standpoint, you know, as a government standpoint, like as a military, um, like perspective too, like just, just everything. It's the best in all freaking regards, every piece of the pie, which I agree on some of them, but severely disagree on others. And one of the big things I cannot stand about our country is it's foreign policy and globalism, which is a unique thing because it's not just the left or the right. Every candidate that we've had since I've been old enough to pay attention to politics has been very globalist, some more than others. And I don't know if you're familiar with the word and what that really means, but... I was actually about to ask. Okay, so, so. globalism just means it's like a word to describe our foreign policy where we control the world. 
we're mm. the best superpower. Mm. Everyone has to be just like us or they're going to be our enemy. That's essentially globalism. Now, whew, I don't want this to be too heated. I don't know what kind of viewers you have, but I'm going to throw out the Ukraine situation out there, right? So I think that's a really good situation for globalism in the Western world versus the Eastern because of what happened. Now, for Ukraine, I don't know the history behind it. I only know what I've heard. I never really did too, you know, uh, very good dig into it. So maybe some things I'm saying I'm wrong, but this is what I know from the little I've looked at. But the Ukraine has been in a civil war with itself for quite a few years now. I don't know the exact number. And the reason was because there was separatist and then there was the nationalist, right? And so the way I see it from the little knowledge I have is that it's a perfect case for globalism because the Ukraine, I could be wrong, but from what I've seen, mm. they've historically, please don't crucify me, Ukrainians, have always been a part of Russia. They have the same culture. They have the same language. But recently, because of Western influence, because we love to influence those that aren't a part of our country and try to get them to be just like us, mm -hmm. we kind of feel the fire for the civil war and the separatism because once the separatists kind of did their own thing, of course, we're not just going to let it alone. We have a lot of, you know, rusophobia here in the U.S., both parties, you know, Democrats and Republicans. So what do we do? We see this blowing up and we're like, let's go help the separatists. Mm -hmm. Let's give them weapons. Let's give them, you know, money. Let's support these guys. And that's exactly what we did. So it wasn't enough, you know, for a civil war to start in a country. Now we have to be the superpower we are and like try to get our little grubby claws into it and influence it how we want it to turn out. Right. Turn the little knobs and mm -hmm. make people And like we, we do it a lot too. Like it's your little uh, brother telling telling on you and like yeah. twisting the story. Mom! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I could be wrong. I don't know if historically Ukraine's always been a part of Russia, but what I do know is, or at least I believe they speak the same language. I believe they're also Russian, you know? Is this uh, Slovenia and it's Slovakia? In the, it's in the area. Thing? It's like that Eastern European part. But um, like I said, I could be wrong about the whole situation. But the way I see it, it's like a good example to put it into a Western perspective. It'd be like if Texas decided, you know what? We don't want to be a part of the United States anymore. So we separate, causes a war. And Russia, being that they don't like the U.S., they come in and they're like, oh, good job, Texas, declare your freedom. Here's some money in arms. Mm. Basically the same situation from the way that I see with the knowledge I and have we're, on we're the situation. You know. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, proxy wars. It's a thing that we do a lot, but not just America. Other countries of the U.N., you know, uh, it, it's ugly that as far as we've gotten as humans, we even do that. Like wars in, inevitable, you know, like it, it happens, you know, like things blow up. But why do people have to keep funneling the fire if you're not a part of that? You know, like people just jump down like, oh, these guys are allies or we just like them culturally. So let's give them money, arms, just like make things worse than it is. And Syria is a good example of that, you know, is uh, regards to globalism, because once the Syrian war started, you had the Syrian government, which aren't the good guys like al-Bashad. He, he's an asshole. He's a dictator. He's gassed his own people. And then the separatists who are Islamic radicals. Uh, before I even tell you who, get, who do you think we supported in that war? Not directly, but who we gave arms and money to? The Islamic radicals or the dictator government of Syria? The radicals, for sure. Yes, Who's, we did. Because they, they're already radical. They're going to go do the work for us. Mm -hmm, exactly. And it's like, why? Why do we have to always get our grubby fingers involved? Why can't we just let it happen, you know? But 
we saw a situation that we thought we could gain from because just allies and you know boundaries is like, oh well, the Syrian government is allied with the Russians. We don't like the Russians. Mm-hmm. Let's give these radicals the money and arms they need to cause chaos and discord in the country. And Cut. that's what's happened. It's still going on, by the way, the Syrian civil war. It's, it's displaced a lot of the Middle East, and now they're trying to like migrate out of there and just cause this huge clusterfuck of a mess. Cut to the exact situation that... This doesn't sound right. There it goes. Okay, that sounds better. Anyway, cut <laughs> to the exact situation that the... I don't know who's feeding who the guns and missiles. This does not sound right. <clears throat> it sounds fine on my re- end. I, maybe it's my headphones. Yeah. I don't know. It might be because I, I hear you perfectly. Okay, good. Fine. Okay, good. The... Let me turn my headphones up. The... Okay. All right. Well, sorry. I ruined the flow here. <laughs> but uh, the, the people that, who are doing the cancel culture are the radicals in this sense. And they are being given the... Like, they see something to gain. You said yeah. that the, the radicals had something to gain. Or, like, we, as the United States, had something to gain by giving yeah, these people it's just influence. And like, so, in my opinion, it would be the media are the people who are distributing the guns, mm-hmm. giving them to the council culture people, and then they're putting them on, and everything's exploding. Yeah, Like, it's exactly. the same situation. It is. It is. It's, um... To a lesser degree, there's no... Well, there's some death, I suppose, but... Oh, always, yeah. dude. It's like... It's just... It feels wrong. Like... Why does our government always want to sow discord and things that it shouldn't have any business doing? You know, it's like, it's so dirty and like sneaky. It's like, why? You know what I mean? Like, um, back to the Ukraine, another good example would be the schism in the Ukrainian church. So regardless of anyone's opinions on religion, why should we be trying to cause religious chaos? Especially since we have nothing to do with that religion. It's an Eastern thing, but... The Ukrainian church has always been a part of the Russian jurisdiction. Like the bishop of Russia was the one that had authority over the Ukrainian church, which kind of goes back into it all. It's like, oh, they're really kind of a part of Russia, not their own country, you know. Mm -hmm. But once the uh, war started, uh, naturally, you know, the Ukrainian church had a schism where they wanted to rule themselves. They didn't want to be ruled by the bishop of Russia. They wanted autocelophacy and wanted the bishop of Ukraine to rule the Ukrainian churches under that jurisdiction. And so the split happened. And of course we encouraged it alongside with the war in general. It's like, why? Like, why are we out here always trying to like look at the world? Like it's a chessboard and just fuck with everything, you know, like direct things are different. Like the war in Afghanistan, regardless, you know, of people's opinions, like some could say it's just, it's unjust, but what it you, was direct. We what do you were think would happen if we didn't? Do you think that's we'd still a, be in power? That's another great question, too. Honestly, I think it comes down to that. It's it's like two people playing chess. The whole reason we're into everyone's business, you know, all this, like, shady and the dark shit, not just direct, like the Afghanistan war, but, like, these proxy wars and stuff, is I think it's just about power. We look at the world as a chessboard, the American government, and they do everything they can to make sure things go the way they want power. them to go. Yeah, that makes sense. I really feel like it just comes down to all of that, you know? Lizard people. Owls, <laughs> Lizard people. Burning people in the woods. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's scary, man. It's scary to know that people like that exist in our government to where they're willing to do anything to make sure the picture goes how they want it to go. 
And it's crazy because that's not the stuff you see in the news. Like a lot of the stuff I just talked to you about, I guarantee you most people don't know anything about it. No, I don't. That's, everything you've said yeah. in the past 10 minutes has kind of gone completely over my head because I don't know exactly <laughs> yeah. any of the situations or it's like a lot of any those of things. It. I'm just you don't listening. Like, them. okay, yeah. They're never reported in the news. The only way anyone would know anything about this, if you're willing to search this stuff up yourself. Right. Because like it's, it's just not talked about for obvious reasons, you know? Yeah. It's dirty. It's dirty stuff. It's like the clandestine, I think that's the word, kind of stuff, you know? Like I, I, CIA black operation shit. I have a feeling a lot of people also feel like if they, if they start doing that, they may, one, they're either going to become addicted to learning this new information and that mm-hmm. can be an issue or they just feel like they're wasting time and they, yeah. they, or they feel like they don't have time in the first place to even go and look for it. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not that it's dirty, but that they don't feel like they, uh, it's a good use of their time. They'd rather be drinking white claws and living yeah. it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird shit, man. It's like, um, what happens next, you know? Well, and that's the thing. That's what I was trying to figure out, too, is what... Like, I was trying to present a different opportunity there. Like, mm-hmm. what if we didn't? Like, what does happen yeah. if, if they do, don't do that? What, yeah. what do you think happens if, if, if we don't keep our thumb in everything? Like, at, we like just the way that power. we do. I think it's as simple as that. If we didn't, our power is lost because instead of trying to influence the world, we're letting it go in its own direction. But because there's other countries that are superpowers just like us, like let's use Russia example, if we stay out of these ordeals, Russia or China is going to get into them right. because we're not getting into them. And now they're going to make it go in their favor. And this is why there will never be peace. In the exactly. World. Because there's always going to be somebody pride, who wants man. something. Exactly. Yeah. And it's true because if you look at the all world. the superpowers in the world today, Look at any war that's happened, like any tiny little war, like all these little skirmishes and civil wars in the Middle East. It's always involved with the superpowers. Now, we won't be sending, like, unlike Afghanistan, like, we never send troops directly into these little proxy wars. Same with the Russians or the Chinese or Turkey. But all these countries will be funneling money and arms in. It's just like puppet masters on strings. You know, they're just like, oh, yeah, another war. Let's do our thing. Yeah. I've honestly been worried about China since 2006. (laughs) (laughs) Not for a reason that anybody will ever guess. It's because in 2006, I started middle school and I had this teacher. Shout out Miss Snedden. She was my English teacher, I believe. Um, And she lived in China for like some of her childhood and it's miraculous that I remember this because this is in 2006. Um, but she talked all about living there and how they're definitely going to take over the world. And they're so much more advanced oh, than we are. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I was what, what, what are you in sixth grade? Are you like, oh, geez, <laughs> 11 or 12? I could think around that age, right? And she was like talking, not, not necessarily provocatively, but. In ter- like she just really held a perspective that, well, it's only a matter of time before China takes over everything. Yeah. And I've heard that in the past, but the way that she talked about it seemed really true. Yeah. Maybe because she was from there and she had some sort of firsthand experience. Oh yeah. But no, once uh, once this whole thing started with the <laughs> virus, like, I was like, oh, it's gonna happen now. Well, that's this, all you see in the news it, now. It's is China, now. China, China, yeah. China. 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 No, it's um. <laughs> 
de- they're definitely a real threat that we need to pay attention to without a doubt. And it's crazy that you say that because before it only used to be like people in the military that kind of kept an eye on that thing or like or positions of government. But now it's gotten to a point where escalations are starting to get so high that the normal people are aware of this shit right. now. They're just like, Yo, what the fuck is China going to do? You know? Yeah. And it's true, though. They are definitely, in my opinion, the biggest threat I see to our country. It goes them, now. then Russia. Yeah. Without a doubt. And just because of how aggressive they've gotten, like the Chinese government, they're not holding any cards back anymore. No. Agreed. Like, at all. Like the South China Sea, they're taking that shit over. And it's got South Korea and Japan just shitting their pants because they're like, we can't take these guys on. Like, America, help us out, dude. You know, but what can we do? Because they're getting so aggressive, the only way to respond is with aggression. No one wants that because if we have World War Three, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who fucking wins. A lot of people are going to lose, you know, family members. Right. The economy might plummet, probably will plummet, let's be honest. Like, just things like that. But they're a really big threat and even more so recently because they're not afraid anymore they're uh i don't know then how their government works i don't know if it's a prime minister or a president but Mm. whoever the leader of their country i think is jing i could be wrong um i don't pay too much the chinese news from that angle but recently he said that china is ready to go to war with the u.s like, quote-unquote. For some reason, I can feel that yeah. in the air. And that's not him just talking shit. Like, I mean, it could be. I mean, North Korea's been doing sure. it forever. And, I mean, look at them. Like, they're not a threat. They just f- try to flex their muscles. But China's a real threat because of how big they they're are. giant, yeah. And they are a world superpower. Their economy, you know, it's, it's starting to spiral, like, in a good way. And mm-hmm. their military, while it might not be on the same level as ours, as far as technology goes, they still have a lot of the same shit. And they have those numbers like they have enough to be a real big threat and cause a lot of damage, which is the bad part. On top of that, with the aggression, it's like it's just a matter of time. To be honest, it's like unless their leadership changes direction with how it's been going in the past couple of years, it's really just a matter of time before shit hits the fan. You know, I mean, and hopefully we don't get involved, but we probably will. But I could really see it start in between their neighbors and not even us. I mean, look mm. at what happened in India recently. Like, people actually, I, I don't remember if anyone actually died. I think a couple might have. But uh, the Indian and the Chinese militaries actually had a confrontation recently on the border. <laughs> I don't know how it ended up being like this because I never looked into the store. I was just like, oh, weird. But they just clubbed each other. I feel so stupid that I didn't even know they were next to each other. They share a border? Yeah, they this, do. This is how stupid I am. <laughs> just, just for the record, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, if, I'm, yeah. if I say anything, that has to do with what we're talking about yeah. right now. Let me but talk no, out of my ass. It's funny because, like, obviously when you border someone that's your enemy, you know, like, things get heated and it, things have been getting worse recently. And it was a tipping point in the news because people, I don't know if they actually died, but for sure people got injured. Like, Chinese and Indian military officials they just went at it. How it ended up being with clubs, and not guns, I don't know. But mm. that was oh, the story. you meant clubs. When you said like clubs, clubs, I thought you were talking in a euphemism. Like maybe their little batons. I don't know. I never looked at the story, but yeah, like it got violent, you know. And then I saw about maybe a month ago or a couple of weeks, not too long ago, there was actually another confrontation that involved gunshots. Now apparently in this one, no one died, but the Chinese were being aggressive and starting to cross into the Indian border, from what it was said. 
and they shot back. Warning shots. No one died, but they still shot back, and the mm-hmm. Chinese ended up retreating. It's just like things like that and what's going on in the South China Sea, it feels like they're not going to back off. Like, right. I really feel like, you know, and it's a culture thing too because, like, it, we have to understand from their point of view, it's like, they don't give a shit. Like, they're ready for it, dude. You know, like, they're not like us. Right. And the kettle, the kettle's become too hot to the point that it's mm-hmm. not going to cool down again. It's like, it's right there. It's just waiting for the, the kettle's a bad example because they don't necessarily catch on <laughs> fire. But it's something that catches on fire. There's a gas leak happening. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's been perpetuated for the last however long. And now yeah. we're just waiting for that flick of flint to set things ablaze. Oh yeah, and it's. I really do feel like there's a World War Three coming that will happen without a doubt in my lifetime. Oh no, like a hundred percent. One thing I've always tell people when I have this discussion is I really do believe it will be within the next five to ten years. I'd say give or take around that timeline. It does feel close. I could really feel like it's that close without a doubt, unless they just magically or miraculously change direction in their foreign policy. But their foreign policy is domination. They want to expand. And <laughs> stupid bug, <laughs> they don't have a problem using their military for that expansion. I mean, they're literally taking over islands out there in South China Sea, and no one's doing anything about it because they're literally just going and rolling up and just whoop, this is mine yeah, now. It's just like a so big like, dick in a locker so what do you room do? showing up because the only way to take care of that is to respond with aggression. But that aggression response triggers World War Three, which no one wants, right? So, what we have been doing is we've been putting a lot of sanctions on them. But if you look at history, sanctions usually lead to war. Not always, but they usually do. Because once you start hurting the enemy's economy, you're just going to make them more aggressive. But the, the weird thing that the question is, though, what else can we do? If we don't want to start World War III and use violence, how else do we try to tell them to back off? You know, If they're just going to do shit, they're going to do shit. So that's why we use these sanctions. Right. But essentially, it's just going to piss them off more. So Yeah. Hmm. Jesus Christ. It's terrifying. Yeah. It is. Because it's, uh, it's a change in the world, you know, as far as uh, superpowers and military technology goes. But uh, one interesting thing, also, that was in the news not too long ago, Russia is the first country to have hypersonic nukes now. What does that even mean? I'll get to it. <laughs> but... <laughs> The craziest part about that is our Department of Defense, upon Russia announcing that, came out and straight up said, we don't have that yet. (laughs) So they said, but we will. We are going to funnel our money into the budget to make sure that we can counter that. Because that's the whole point of nukes is it's a deterrent, you know, because no one wants to get into war the way we used to Mm -hmm. because of how much that military technology has changed because we now know the consequences. Now we will destroy the entire world. Exactly. And right. now that we know they have hypersonic nukes, we're trying to make our own or better so we don't have to be scared of them. Mm. But anyways, back to that. What a hypersonic nuke is, it's a ICBM that is able to fly so fast that it's, I don't know if it is or just virtually able to, but it's basically able to avoid detection or be shot down because of how fast it flies. I don't know if it just doesn't get shot down or if mm. it can, the percentages are just really low, but it's one of the two. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just that fucking fast. Kind of similar to the Tic Tac UFO that I was talking about. It doesn't have like, did, so this, this thing doesn't even have a, a heat signature to it. I don't know. I don't know the specifics behind it. I just know it's either 
too fast to shoot down or it'd be really fucking hard to shoot down because of how mm-hmm. fast it flies and is able to like avoid all that detection. Jesus. But mm-hmm. the only I reason I wouldn't be afraid of them is because even though <laughs> you can hear a new coming right now, our boy that? Vladimir Putin is a very unpopular world leader and has a lot of unpopular opinions and ways he likes to deal with his opposition, which is usually just violence. The Definitely. truth is, as crazy and morally evil as we can see him being, the truth is he's very smart in a lot of the things he does. I really don't believe Putin's dumb enough to want World War III. So, and Russian aggression isn't bad anymore. Really. Ever since the Cold War... They're just like the bad guy that we're told is the bad guy, but they're not flexing or really doing anything. They're just like, oh, America? Yeah. <laughs> Did it die? Did it? Oh. I think my battery just died. Give me one second. We still have audio, but I think I need to put a new battery in. Give oh, me yeah, one moment. You need to take a pee break by um, chance? I think I just get up and walk around, but okay. I'm good on that. We'll be right back. <laughs> totally don't remember what we were, I know we were talking about Russia, but I don't remember exactly what we were saying. I mean, we got too deep into it, it pretty much that. <laughs> I've got a timer going. You said, did you have a time that you wanted to be back by? Uh, sh- yeah, I know you said like, no, it would like nine. Yeah, got just, that works for me, going. to be honest. Like another hour and ten. All right, dog. Kind of my weight. <laughs> oh. Testing one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. And uh, in the world's ending. Can you, can you hear the, the stealth bomber is passing over? Those things really pick it all up. Cool. <laughs> yeah, those things are loud. Like Stealth bombers? Um, I don't know. I've never heard Plane. one of those. Oh. But just planes <laughs> in general. <laughs> it's funny because like, living on an airfield, well, not all the airfield, but next to it, you never think about how loud or big all that equipment is. Like being able to see it in person, it's mind blowing. But 
like I remember when we had an F-16 squadron staying there for a while, just every time they would take off, like, it's just the loudest fucking thing in the world. Like, if I was, if we were both standing outside right now, and let's say the airfield was about, mm, I'm bad with measurements, uh, from here, this building to the next closest building, right? So not okay. too far, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like kind of right there, kind of not really. Sure. It's like 200 feet. You wouldn't be able to hear me talking to you if it was going off like on the runaway right now. Like oh, that's how loud they are. I believe It's insane. That. I mean, you hear them from the sky, like as high as they are, just right. chilling. Yeah. But like, and then seeing them in person too, it's, it's, it's honestly fucking badass. Like those things are huge. They're crazy, man. I really want to find out <laughs> um, like childhood stuff. Childhood stuff. Yeah, this is like that's a total one eighty from what you oh, just yeah, said. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's cool though. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> jets are crazy. <laughs> Loudness of jets are crazy. But I really want to know, um, like, do you remember meeting me? I don't remember meeting you. Barely bits and pieces. Like, what's your first memory? You were an asshole. I was an asshole? <laughs> Not to me, to others, but I remember, I want to say it was preschool, I think, maybe kindergarten. I know it was one of the two, because I know we were, like, really, really young. Yeah, like we were super young. Like, it was, like, mom's club thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, like, early stages. Yeah. But I remember, I mean, me and you were all, you know, we were always cool, but I remember, like, it was funny, because I would always watch you, you know, mm. and you are just a dick to the other kids, like. <laughs> We'd all be chilling, playing with her, like, Legos and shit. And you'd just go up, walking up. Because you were a big kid like, next to the other kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And you'd, like, walk up to a kid and just be like, this is my car now. Take it from his mm. hands and just sit on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> sit on just him? Just, like, stuff like that. Like, you're just, like, the big alpha wolf just, like, bullying everyone around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting. But you never messed with Where me. Where was so it was, that? like, just the funniest thing to watch. Is so that, like, like, your house? No, just uh, wherever we were, pre preschool or kindergarten, because I was like, I just remember the room was like a little playroom and like toys everywhere and a bunch mm. of little kids, you know. So was, I think it was preschool. I don't. Did we go to the same preschool? I don't think we did. I went to Placido. I don't know. It was one of it was something. Maybe it was a mom's club. I don't know. I just, think it must have been like some sort of mom's club or church thing. All yeah, that. we were just like really young. Yeah. It was like a schoolish environment, and there's just like kids everywhere. I only remember one of my first memories or one of the one of my earliest memories of you. And I know that I knew you before this, but I just don't remember the things. Mm-hmm. We used to run around in the house in Quail Creek, the first one. And Alyssa was already born <laughs> and we would call her Little Missy. Yeah. And then she would just get really upset and chase us around and try to hurt us. <laughs> and we would just play run away from Alyssa. Yeah. And then there was the <clears throat> the time you were wearing, I specifically remember you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I'm sure you didn't pick it out yourself. I'm sure oh, your mom dressed you not, for the, the entirety of your life. Until you <laughs> this is probably why you went to the military in the first place. But uh, you were wearing a a. Hawaiian shirt, how fortuitous, and <laughs> you had access to a computer already. I, this huh. is this is probably the, let's say we were probably like five. Yeah. So this was probably 98 or early 2000s. Mm-hmm. You had access to a, like the cube type of 
computer. Yeah, the and, super old school stuff. And a printer. And we were playing 007 and possibly even um, Pokemon mm-hmm. Picture. All the good classics at the time. Something. But from that printer, you printed out this photo of just all these naked girls just posed. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, you want to see some boobies? And I'm like, yeah, yes, of course yes. I want to see some boobies. I remember that. <laughs> I, I knew I was... <laughs> I was starting to green because I knew this is the direction that was going. I remember <laughs> that though, yeah. And we used uh, to watch. Uh, I don't. I think the first the first porn we ever saw. Year, I don't know how old we were, but I know we were still really young. I guarantee you, we were about five. Because it was. I it wasn't was, seven. Oh yeah, no, because it was before puberty. Because I remember I wasn't like super turned on about it. Yeah, it was just like ooh boobs, you know, yeah. kind of deal. <laughs> I know that it was that young because I didn't live in Victoria yet, yeah. and I didn't move to Victoria until two thousand four. Remember that? I remember the worst part about that is I took it to school. Oh, no. I remember showing it to all the little kids, like, look at this. This is cool, right? (laughs) (laughs) We used to, like, we used to turn on uh, Xena, the princess warrior, and Mm -hmm. play to the very end just so that we could see them making out. Yes. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) We were terrible kids, dude. We were terrible kids. It's like, thinking back on that now, it's like, why did we even do that? I don't know. Like, Like, what drove us to even want to look at that and just spread it around to the school and everyone else because i mean i didn't do that (laughs) all you yeah it was it was was, uh it was it was different yeah different kids (laughs) imagine if a kid did that today man that poor kid would just be like in the office he'd probably get made fun of (laughs) he'd get made fun of they probably have the they have the dope they have they're on hardcore shit now in elementary school i bet they are Kids are different these days, man. There's something else. Uh, it cracks me up when Seth talks about that because I think his generation, I forget the names, but what would he be? Like, Gen, would he be Gen Z? I, I have no idea, but I didn't read there. You know how you look at your parents and they're just your parents for a mm-hmm. long time and then they end up being people? You didn't yeah. realize it? That's, <laughs> that's what Seth is to me yeah. right now. I was like, oh, you've been a baby for my entire life and mm-hmm. now you're using words like neurogenesis. And yeah. I'm like, oh, right, yeah. you're human. That's- no, it's it's weird. It's like that growing up, you know. It's like that seeing younger people grow up or vice versa when you're the younger one and then the people that were older when you were younger you finally see them as the person they were and not just like, I'm a kid. That's my mommy or daddy. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean with Seth though. Cause I, I experienced the same thing. I kept in touch with him when I was in the Marines, you know, but it was just like through Snapchat, a couple phone calls every now and then, but I never really saw him as yeah. a person. Exactly. So I, I remember, didn't realize we had so much in common. Yeah. So like, I remember when I saw him for the first time after it's been years, I was like, holy shit, that's my little baby brother. Like, yeah. this guy's tall. He has a crazy long hair. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's got like these little <sighs> neck beard sideburn things going on. Yeah. Like, this guy's a little teenager He's now. got the 70s chops going. Yeah, and it was funny because like, I, it hit me so hard because I always remembered him as like the little kid that was like, oh, daddy bomb, I want cookies and cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now he's like, yo, Josh, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. He's cool. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> he's a funny kid. He's got a brain. He's got a brain. Yesterday he told me that he, he he sometimes thinks that he's stupid. And I'm like, do you know that <laughs> 95% of the population of probably the world doesn't know the word neurogenesis? I don't yeah. even know what that means right I mean, now. I didn't Putting know. it together. I didn't know what it meant until he explained it to me. 
I, I mean, I thought about it for a second because once I heard it, I was like, oh, I know I've heard this word before and I, I listen to things that say things like that. Yeah. But I don't know. The point is, he's, yeah, it's really cool that he's actually turning out to be a human. Yeah. yeah. People grow up, people change, you know. I wonder how many people feel that about us. Oh, yeah. Especially Without a doubt. if there are any of our parents or people who know us from being the children yeah. playing with legos and shit <laughs> <laughs> like yeah no it's weird thinking about who you are from someone else's eyes because it really which, strips the ego and just that whole i don't know what the word for it would be like perception i don't know it's like it's it's a weird thing to strip down that's the p in the intp yeah it's perception too hmm. so it, that would be yeah that was a weird tangent thought pop up in fact yeah uh <clears throat> like one of the, uh, like a 95 windows like a pfft, yeah pop up Cause it, it, it's it's true though you know it's like that's the thing that we have to be careful for so we don't end up stereotyping or judging people right. you know because like, sure. like you said talking to seth because i know that's the first time that is literally the first time you've seen him in years right no 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 no, no. Uh, we before? had similar conversations like okay okay so yeah uh, the last time i saw him i was there with my dad and i guess at that time I don't know. I don't think he had seen him yet. I don't think he knew that he had long hair and mm -hmm. all the things that just are stereotypical about that. So, yeah, I, I, I think he was ready to see baby, baby Seth still. Yeah. And that's what I was ready for, too. But then we started talking to him and he was talking about, like, reading this book that I had had some sort of inch. I don't remember what it was, but I had just thought about starting reading that book and he mm -hmm. had just, like, finished it or something. And I was yeah. like, oh. Wow. And then we started talking for like 15 minutes and he did most of talking as things usually go for me because I'm not great at it. Yeah. Usually. No, <laughs> it is funny, dude. It's, it is because like, yeah, it was so funny because he, he always shows me the snaps, right, of his friends and the shit they post. And it really brings in that perspective of how different his generation is and the way they think about not only themselves, but of people like me and you because mm. like, I don't feel old I'm 26 but then when I think about how Seth's generation would view me or my views I'm like I'm mm. the same way I look at Mark for being like some Cold War boomer guy you know sure like my music or at least the music I like is ancient now like to kids like Seth and shit yeah because like, like, I'm a rock guy I love 90s 2000s rock you know like Nirvana I feel really ashamed that I can't think of anything else right now but stereotypical Nirvana. I see Bush, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, things like that. Green Day? There was a big Green Day cake yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But just like anything stereotypically 90s, 2000s, like everything they'd play on 99.5 Kiss, like stuff like that, you know. But it's like they're not making that anymore. And it makes me feel old because like I feel like that old man, the way I look at Mark, it's like now all the kids are listening to like Cardi B and stuff like that and I mean, I don't hate it because it's art subjective. I don't think it's like, oh, it's fucking trash, but I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I'm now. I'm a fan of the dancing. Bro. Yeah. Better <laughs> 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 be careful. We canceled for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's funny because it's like, it's weird just thinking of it from, you know, that angle. And it's funny because like looking at it from our own angle, because seeing all the snaps they post, I'm just like. Why are they so stereotypical? Why can't these what do you kids mean, be more out thinking? Like, in what way are they doing that? So, my only way of viewing them, because I'm not 
there in the high schools you're these not cool. days. You're not, not cool anymore, Exactly, Josh. and I'm not gonna... Were you ever cool? I don't think we in were school, ever cool oh, ever, no, I was always the outcast. Yeah, same. But the only thing I can know about them, since the only people I know is my little brother and the stuff he shows me, it's all based on what he shows me, so it's not the full representation. I'm not just going to go talk to a bunch of high schools and be like, hey, what are you guys into, you know? <laughs> but yeah. from what he shows me, it looks very, very toxically stereotypical. Like, every video he shows me on his Snapchat of his friends and stuff they post, it's just a bunch of little kids, like, just being little images of all the stuff that's hot for their generation. Like, they're all, like, with their vape mm. pins, like, swag, bro. Oh, that's <laughs> Like, okay. they're all out here, like, just, you know, dancing and twerking and being like, oh, yeah. They're looking for the clout. Like ass pussy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, and that's one thing he talks to me a lot, too, you know, because I'm his older brothers. He hates that mm. so much that he feels like an outcast because no one wants to talk about anything else. Right. Everyone's just on that bandwagon mentality. And it's like, right. It's like the individualism has been stripped down and like everyone's the same except for people like him mm-hmm. and then people like him are automatically just the weirdos right you know well that's how i felt too i don't think that's anything new yeah I, just the whatever the trends are that's what changed and those people are still they those like people that are going off on the whatever is hot they're the majority yeah exactly the, the pop music singing mm-hmm. in my in our day it would have been the abercrombie and fitch yes. wearing uh, Sperry boat shoes wearing person. Who, All those guys who had the new uh, Jordans. No, Everyone was sure. into the Jordans. Also, back when we the, were in the, high the Nokia Juke flip phone thing that came yeah. out in two thousand eight. That. <laughs> that thing looked like a. No, I didn't. It's not called the Juke. It, I thought it looked like the Juke, mm-hmm. the Nissan Juke. This, this doesn't matter. Yeah, this doesn't matter. But it was a cool ass flip phone. For your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I never really cared yeah. about any of that either. Same. And the people that actually try to connect with me on like a, on a, usually it, it ended up being people who like to laugh yeah. at t- terrible things are the people <laughs> <laughs> that I ended up really enjoying and they became better yeah like like we had just the most raunchy of jokes just weirdest darkest sketchiest i I don't even i don't even know i don't even have examples for you they're just (laughs) i know that they were bad things that we laughed about and some of them were like we used to call i don't want to i'm not going to put that name out there i don't want to (laughs) bring back any bad scarring memories but we used to call let me see if i can make up a make up a name here um We'll call her Jennifer. Okay. Jennifer O. Jennifer O. Jennifer. We used to call Jennifer. Uh, she used to wear these boots. Uh, she would always wear, even in the summer, mm-hmm. she would wear the, the the typical, this was very popular at the Jennifer time, 2006. O. You might even I know. I think I might know. It, her name's not Jennifer. The real it, life it, Jennifer it, O. Okay. Okay. I it's, remember someone who <laughs> always liked boots, the stereotypical boots. Like, the, what are they called? The little Eskimo-looking boots. Are they Uggs? Yeah, I think Uggs. they call them Uggs, Uggs right? Yeah, yeah they're Uggs. Yeah. I sound old. Are they called Uggs? <laughs> <laughs> what are these things called? She used to wear those all the time. We used to call her, almost said it, almost said it, uh, Jennifer O. Uh, was it like? First of all, we used to call her Jennifer O. the Ho, because apparently. <laughs> That's exactly what I was yeah, going to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. But at some point, I said, 
because she was wearing those shoes, I called her Escaho. And I was like, first of all, that's a great joke. <laughs> but thinking back on it, it's like, it's terrible. Uh, that's a really bad. I, I, I really hope. I don't know if I just said that real name. I might have just said that. I don't know. I might have. Anyway. I don't know. I'm sorry if, uh, if, if that hurt you in any kind of way. Well, you always got edited in just in case. No, I'm not going to. No? If, it's, if I said Even it, better. I said it, I'm leaving it in. I don't care. I don't care. I have to. I, I'll put this. It's going to be out on Wednesday. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. What was the point of that? I do this too much. Just too much. Lost in the sauce, dude. I oh, I was saying that the people that I uh, made friends with the most were the people that we talked. Mm. It was like shitty things usually. The people that just like to sit in the corner of the playground the, and talk shit. The degenerates <laughs> a lot of the time. Like not even, not even degenerates, just like, I don't know. We laughed. At, we just laughed at dark shit. Yeah. Any, anything I had to do with laughing, I'm in. That's th- those are the people that I want to hang out with. You're just a little with. jokester people. Yeah. Hmm. Mostly because I liked the entertainment, I think. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think I was actually that entertaining. But I, <laughs> but I had clever things like that. I had my moments with clever little one-liners no, That's, that's like a clever that. pun, though. I would have never thought of that. <laughs> es- 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 oh, yeah. It's funny. <sighs> um... I, I do still want to try and figure out some more um, like childhood stuff too. Yeah. And that's the, the tone in my voice there sounds so somber and, uh, and boring, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't know. I don't know where to begin yeah. really. Just childhood stuff. Just, just anything just childhood related. Well, I'm just trying to like, is there like a I, I just specific feel, topic you're trying to? I, I don't know a specific topic. I just to want to feel it again. I'm just trying to like feel like a child. Just feel there. Like what was that like, and what what's something? Oh man, do you have any like memories that I do. might spark uh, something for me? Anytime I think of my childhood, the one thing that always like just boop, sparks up in my head is just like Malcolm in the Middle type intro stuff, like just super stereotypical '90s, you know, like little. Uh, what are they called? Cassette players, mm. and little Tamagotchis, just like everything oh, stereotypical. You're the only one that had those. Like, I, I didn't have amazing. I, didn't. I loved them. Yeah. <laughs> and then the skating ring. The skating ring always comes to oh, my mind when I think of my childhood. Because I just remember, like, I just feel like my childhood was so stereotypically 90s for it us. It really like, was. We were just out here wearing stupid looking clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Our moms had, like, the weird, poofy, beehive looking hairs with all the spray. Did they? One of them did. Or unless my mind is just creating false memories based on like the stereotypical nineties, I remember yeah. they had stupid styles. Like they were all about the nineties uh, style. I remember the weird pants and like all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not fighting that. I just remember. I, the I think one of them had the crazy hair. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Linda had that Was shit. It? Linda had that <laughs> shit for sure. <laughs> yeah. like, I just remember like. It's a weird thing about memories that old because it's like a weird little slideshow where you just like kind of just filter through it and it's like, I don't know, it's 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 weird, you know, but I just yeah. remember all the stereotypical stuff and like just going to Jared's house and like sitting under that weird bed he had and like playing on the Nintendo Dude, that bed stuff, is you know? classic. It is. That bed is so classic. He had all the games in the side, yeah. the side drawers. I don't know what they ever mm-hmm. did with that, but that bed, know. yeah. That's like a staple. If if I could have it like a pin emblem of that, or like even just a, I don't know. That's that. Yeah, I don't. 
I wonder how many other people have that same bed. I'll bet you a lot of. I bet you that it was probably like just one of those things they made rooms to go. Everyone had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Shit. And he had all those classic cars on the top lining his lining his thing. It was everything. Like classic cars, airplanes. One of those little gold Pokemon cards. I think Burger King gave no, them yeah. out. No, not one. All, oh, of, was them. It all of them. Yeah, Damn. he had all of them. And I had one, and it was bullshit because it was Togepi. Fuck you, Togepi. I wonder if he still has those. I feel like there's somewhere. probably such a high sh- price I'm now. I'm sure they have them somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For <laughs> that sure. was another great thing about our childhood. There's the shows and the games we got into. Like Pokemon. I loved Pokemon. Yeah. And then I, re- I still remember when Yu-Gi-Oh! came out. Like, everyone that I was close to the time was like, Yu-Gi-Oh's out. This is cool now. Get rid of Pokemon. Right. <laughs> I didn't like it. I did. I stuck with Pokemon. Yeah. But it was funny, dude. It's like, just things like that, you know? And that uh, was another good one. There's like, everyone could relate to uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh. We had to get the little Firewire oh, thing right. to trade. TV shows. Or yeah, that too. But like. Or Dragon Ball Z. Everyone mm. liked Dragon Ball Z, you know, like all those little 90s animes and stuff. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. We used yes. to do Ed, Ed, and Eddie things yes. all the time. Well, <laughs> uh, butter toast. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. Something, something, something. Look at me, Eddie. <laughs> Have you, like, ever gone back and watched those shows now? No, I'm sure they're, they're I, I bet terrible. you they still hold, they, they don't hold up? They're absolutely terrible. It's like, I mean, they're good. They're just good because they're terrible at least that's mm. my opinion on it's like the humor is just so ghetto 90s raunchy like it just feels like you're in a 90s ghetto trailer park or something watching that stuff now mm. it's like it's a, it has a, the, the sense of humor is just so unique to that era you know what i mean yeah i do but like what made it funny was how weird it was like they because if you look back at them like all those r styles you look at them they're they're ugly all the characters look like they're on crack or something. Like right. everything was yeah. so ugly looking. Especially Ed. Ed yeah. was so he looked like a he looked like a little thumb <laughs> with, with a frog's face. Yeah. Just, like all of the, the shows had like a weird creepy vibe to them, you know. Oh right. What's his name? Uh the dog, the weird Courage, creepy the cowardly dog. dog. You might have been that the one, one that was told me. Nightmare fuel, dude. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think you might have actually been the No, it was Christian. Christian Rubin yeah. that told me about this. Uh Apparently, the last episode, spoiler alert, it's been out for 20 years. Mm. Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently, the last episode is he wakes up from a dream. The whole entire show was a dream. Really? And the, I don't even know their names, but the old, the two old people are just I dead. I remember it was Muriel. In the middle of Muriel and fucking. Eugene, I think? No. It was something weird, like some old It was, like uh, it, it's Russian. It's very Russian. Was it? Like Boris. I think it was Boris. I think it was Boris. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they were both just dead and like flies coming out of their mouth. And Ew. and that's why he was so terrified. That's, yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> that was the end of the they show. They released that on TV? <laughs> yeah, as a children's show on, and I I didn't do any research on this. I just took my friend's word for it, but yeah. I trust the guy. So I, I mean, believe just him. the whole vibe of the show and like a lot of shows back then in general, I wouldn't doubt that. That sounds just about right, but yeah, a lot of it was weird too. Like cat dog, you remember that one? I do or remember cow and chicken. Like, why was the art and characters so ugly? I think Johnny Bravo was probably the only normal one, aside from the fact that he was literally a sexual predator. <laughs> was he really? I mean, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, he's not out like unless there's an episode I don't remember. I don't remember him actually sexually 
what's the difference between the two? Um, there's a salt and there's there's another one. Uh, I don't remember, so I'm just gonna say what they are. But I don't remember anything where he actually like sexually touched or raped the women in the show. Mm. But he was definitely sexually insulting them. I think that'd be the word. He was like. I mean, the dude's a perv. If you watch the show now, harassing, yeah. Like, he was a harasser, dude. Like, this man was just like, hoo ha hoo. Hey, baby, one more date. And he was like so persistent with it, you know? <laughs> and I don't remember it now because it's been years, but I'm sure there were jokes that were just like too much. Like, probably one like, ooh, hey, mama, hot buns or something like yeah, that, you know? It's like kind yeah. of on the down low, but like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like corny enough to pass under over some yeah, four year old things heads. like that yeah. it's like it's the shows are ridiculous dude or oh, there's another one i'm trying to think of that was really weird Ooh, powder puff girls wasn't powder that, puff no was it it was power puff pa- powder puff i don't know why not I powder power puff i don't know yeah, why power. i say it like that or yeah. why i remember it there's, that, there's a football thing the girls dress up and play football mm. that, that's called powder puff is it yeah mm. doesn't matter i don't anyway. think i know what that is either Oh. I don't know why I would associate the word. Maybe I just heard it and that's it's the easy. word I thought. I don't know. But <laughs> no, that's like if you look at the characters, that show was super weird, dude. I never really watched it. No. Oh, man. I, then one thing I never forgot was Mojo Jojo. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> He's him. just this weird evil monkey with his brain sticking out. That was weird. Or the one character that was like the most abstract. That I, I haven't gone back to watch it. I don't, to this day, I don't even know who or what the character was. But I, I'm not saying this in a negative connotation, but he was like this weird tranny lobster devil thing. <laughs> Where? What show in is the Power, this? Or Powerpuff Power Girls, yeah. Really? Like I like said, not in a negative connotation in any way, but I don't know if the character was supposed to be a guy or a girl or like the first trans cartoon character. Huh. But it wasn't in a good light. Like it was creepy. It's like, and like this weird devil thing, like always evil and shit. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That makes me think of the brain thing makes me think of Krang from uh, the original Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Krang. It was Which Krang. Was that? Krang. Krang. He, he was like the brain that lived inside of this oh, big giant there's thing. like a weird suit thing and or something right he manipulated the, yeah. yeah with his weird tentacle I mean, hey, brain even ninja turtles feels. was a little weird it was like, creepy a lot yeah of those creepy animal creature i mean the whole concept things. is creepy they got some, they got, they got some <laughs> big ninja turtles they, running around they got around. some green jizz Chicken on them in a shell. sewer and off they go saving the world from giant other animals what was not splinter what was uh, what was shredder anyway what was he? I feel like Shredder. I don't think he was anything. I think he was just like this ninja guy, right? I don't think he was ever a I think, creature. I think. I think the reason he wore the suit was that he he looked like Anakin Skywalker. What's his name? <laughs> he Darth looked Vader. Like Anakin. Yeah. He, no. looked, he looked like Darth Vader. I think you're right. I think he's all he burned was up. Uh, a burn victim or yeah. something. That's why he covered himself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was what it was. <laughs> Oof. Hmm. Yeah. Good it's a good stuff. time to be alive. Good times. We had good stuff out there. <laughs> It's funny. Seth likes watching Malcolm in the Middle. I love watching that show because it's just the mo the best representation I've seen in show, at least I could say now because I've never rewatched any of those old shows, of what you would show someone if they were like, "What was the '90s like?" <laughs> hmm. I never even saw it. Really? I never saw it. I never saw it when it aired. I've only seen the episodes now because I've watched a couple when Seth watches it. Mm. But. See, if you asked me what the '90s were like, I would have given you Lizzie McGuire <laughs> and even Stevens. Early Disney Channel. Yeah. What was it? Zach and Cody. Uh, yeah, Zach I think Cody a lot of that stuff is early 2000s, I but we, is, yeah. we just associate as one thing. Yeah. It, was the ch- it was our childhood. Well, I didn't have cable. Just so the like 90s 10 lasted years. until like 2010. It really did. <laughs> well, not 2010, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. 
it was definitely burned into us. Yeah. Primarily because there wasn't a crazy jump in technology until mm-hmm. 2008. And that's the coolest part, too, thinking about that is how retro things were. Yeah, they really still I mean, were. We have so much technology now. Like things that are just so mind blowing, but back then it was so simple. It was just yeah. Pokemon cards, weird, badly animated cartoons. Yeah. You know, just it was like the pace of production picked like, up. Yeah. But the technology kind of didn't progress to a big crazy leap. Oh yeah. Now that's the most interesting part about that era, is it because it's true. Like technology wise, there wasn't too much things that were different than like say what you had in the seventies. I mean, it's still a huge leap, but not as big as what the 90s was to 2020 now like i feel like that right. gap was just so much bigger in how fast things progressed you know yeah Cause i mean like you look at the 90s we have like shitty colored tvs it's like not hd you look in the 60s you still got tvs just black and white mm-hmm. but then it's like you look at the 90s you have like those shitty colored like tvs now we're out here with like 4k it's like whoa 8K. that's a huge difference mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean look at that yeah exactly 8k I know what 4K is. Until like two or three weeks ago, I've never heard of 8K. Is really? it that new or has it been around mm, a while? It's been out for a bit. Has it's it? It's been out for a bit. Yeah, probably. Was it just more like a really down low scene thing? Because it was just so it, it might have been. It, it might, I guess. Uh, see, I don't know consumer level stuff at all because I'm not going to buy one. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a TV. Damn at all. the system. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make the content for it and I would hope but to buy the camera yeah. that can produce the shit that you. You, you, I, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I being in that world with uh, cameras and stuff, I know that mm-hmm. it's been out. I think it was first shown in CES 2019, maybe even 18. Well, I don't know. First shown. I'm yeah. CES is kind of one of those futuristic things, so it might have been shown a long time ago. But it came to market. I'm pretty sure it was 2019. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Long-winded. Yeah, that's. Uh, yes. Oh no, you're good. That's one thing I'm really excited for. Granted, unless China decides to be assholes, I'm really excited to see how far technology-wise our country can and will progress within like the next 10 to 20 years. Because given how much things have changed from our lifetimes, I really want to see how much more it will. And like one thing I'm really excited for is the future of VR technology. Oh, have yeah. you ever tried that? I haven't way? yet, but that I'm is stuff very is excited amazing. about it. I feel like an old man it's talking shit that about we it. Talked about it. We, it's yeah. shit that we talked about when as we children. Yeah. And I distinctly remember being in the the Mr. Gaddy's that they turned into whatever that thing was called. Incredible Pizza. Oh, there, was, was there was there was <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting. There was this uh, crusty, very crusty. There was this uh, machine where it was like a ball in the middle, and you mm-hmm. run on the ball, and you're in like oh, some sort of virtual reality that thing. That's cool. It was right in the front. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, of the, the game area there for me, but but no, it, it's now there's you, shit like that. It's hard to experience it because it's been out for a while, but it's so damn expensive. Mm-hmm. No one really has it, right? You know. But if you ever find someone that does, I would try it out. It is the most perspective blowing piece of technology I've ever experienced because of how much it just takes you away from your reality, you know, yeah. kind of like taking a hallucinogen, but you're not, it's just a video game. But I think there's a, uh, I think there's a place we can play really in, uh, in Austin. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like not too far. So I've heard others talk about it where, and I loved paintball. So mm-hmm. I, it's been related to like paintball oh, kind of feeling that's really cool. 
and was it you that got lit up by my dad or was that me that it, got lit up? It, it could have been me. I feel like it was. I sucked. As it might have been both. I got us. lit up every time we did I paintball was, parties. I, fe- I felt like I was really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember the pain. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's cool shit, man. Like uh, the first time I got to experience it was in the barracks because one of my buddies, you know, he got a little headset, and the cool thing was it wasn't one of like the newer, more expensive ones, like because there's like different types, so. I'm just going to say it as there's ghetto VR and there's real VR. Mm. Real VR would be like my computer that we saw earlier. If I was to get the programming, because I don't really know what it requires. I think you just have to have a really nice GPU or something. Yeah. But it'd be like that, except you're wearing the headset and you now have like a full 360, you know, motion. Like you see it as if like, like it's real life. Like it's not a game on a screen. Like you have the perspective, like you're looking around and some of them you like move with little controllers. Some of them like have a motion thing. Like they're all different, you know. But like mm-hmm. that's the hard level stuff where like it looks good. Right. The one I tried was more of like a cheaper ghetto VR. I don't know the exact name of the system, was but it, it was it like, was an Oculus, was it? I don't think it was. Uh, it might have been like a cheaper form. It just it wasn't the one connected to a computer, which is the nice one where you can play all the cool news mm. games and stuff. It was a simple one that connects to your phone. Oh. So. Interesting. It was still cool because it was using like a Google cardboard thing. Who? No, not that <laughs> ghetto. Not that ghetto. The VR was nice. It's just what made it ghetto was the games could have been better. Mm. Like the one on an actual computer sure, that the headset the, connects the rendering. to. Like it was all being rendered uh, from a phone, but it was right. still really cool because you still have a headset with headphones. Mm-hmm. So it takes away your sound. So that immerses you in it. And then you also have the view. So everything you see. Is from the game. So does it? Is it? Is it super aware of your surroundings? Because that's that's why that's where I feel like that ball in mm-hmm. a enclosed circle is very beneficial. Yes, you can't just go around no. breaking windows in your house. Yeah, no, that people don't do that. As far as I've heard, I don't know about the good version, but that one, it it's still easy to run into shit. But most of the time, would pick up if there's something near you. But I'd imagine like the more higher tech VRs that are connected, like a straight up, you know. $3,000 laptop, or not laptop, desktop, have all the good stuff, you know, that like, it's like, oh, watch out, dude, beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's, it's really cool because knowing that we have that now, I cannot wait for the VR market to explode and just progress further because even at the level it's at now, it was so much fun that like, even though you're just playing a game, it feels like you're really there because like, it's now... This is now your reality. This is what mm-hmm. you see. This is what you hear kind of deal, you know. And we played like a little Star Wars game, but it was so cool because the controller was like this weird little tiny handheld wrist thingy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they each have little buttons on that control things. And in the game, I hold the thing and I'm looking in the game and I see my hand rendered as the character's hand. Right. And I'm pressing the button and it's like moving individual fingers and like changing my grip on the lightsaber. And I'm just like and me you know i'm immature i'm stupid i get the lightsaber first thing i do in vr is i grab it i'm just i'm like whoa it literacks everything this is so cool cyber come yeah but no it's really cool and other than that i've played a scary game it's like the oh gosh even though the graphics are shit and it's like really obviously an arcade looking game it's like the most terrifying thing because it's like that's what you're in like it's scary dude just like 
seeing it, you hear the scary noises, and you look, it's like, oh, ghost demon girl. <laughs> hmm. But no, it's really cool. So you're saying like, like now. even like if it was a VR Minecraft deal, that still they feels that. like it's your they reality? Actu- yes, oh. they actually have that VR Minecraft thing. So I would look it up on YouTube if you're really interested in it. It's the coolest shit to watch, but just look up VR on YouTube, and you'll get like tons of videos of streamers playing VR games. It's like the coolest shit to watch. Uh, one really cool thing is VR... I think it's called chat or world and that is the coolest thing because that really shows you the potential vr has you know because like what it we're is we're gonna live in it we're gonna actually create a simulation and live in it it's possible. We're gonna create our own it's highly possible i mean look at how much we immerse ourselves in tv or video games you give someone a vr headset that's their escape you know like why would right. they need to worry about friends or going out if they could just have their online friend just go to a virtual bar or something, exactly. you know, or, or oh. virtual, virtual strip clubs. That's a real thing, by the way. Now, VR world. I've never been to a strip club. I don't plan on going to a strip club. <laughs> they do not appeal to me. They're it's dirty. just I walk in and I feel like it would make me feel sad. Yeah. Not shitting on anybody <laughs> that does go to strip clubs or works in them. You're fine. Yeah. I'm just, it makes me feel sad. It's a <laughs> weird feeling. Just I'm sure it from is. From a moral standpoint, it's like, why am I here? I don't have any moral <laughs> issues with it. <laughs> But it makes me feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's cool, though. So the VR world, it's literally a VR world. Yeah. Like, it's a whole world. Like, you go into lobbies, which could look like anything. The users create the content. So, like, one world might be this giant auditorium bar-looking place. And it's populated with other people with their headsets. And they have the avatars running around of whatever they want. So you're just, like, seeing, like, T-Rexes or Blue's Clues running around or, like, giant anime titty girls. Like, everyone's just, even their avatars running around, talking, just fucking around like it's, yeah it's cool and you know because we've been able to create that now it's funny because of course you give people the potential they always you know take it to the next level <laughs> and now that full body tracking is a thing i don't know how it works i just know it's a vr thing it like tracks every movement mm. people have created vr strip clubs where they go to the oh, virtual strip club wow. and the strippers are just people playing as like a super you know sexy this is a black mirror episode it it is that's the coolest shit that's crazy and it's crazy because like the person was like they'll be playing as an avatar it's like it's supposed to look like a super sexy anime girl with you know Mm. nice assets Mm. and with the the full body tracking they're like literally dancing on like the laps of the players watching it at home (laughs) right but yeah and it could be just some fat fat dude it could be some fat creepy dude that's you know, using a female avatar. Yeah. Wow. And you would never know unless he has this mic on. He's like, crazy. hey, dude, want a lap dance? <laughs> That's crazy. That would be interesting to do with a podcast, too. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we were sitting in, like, a coliseum and there's Ooh. just 50,000 people watching live. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever done that. That would be but so that'd be cool. a great idea, a VR podcast. Like, do the podcast while you're in the and VR. you can see the people. Just running around doing their thing. Not like running around. No, it'd be distracting. <laughs> you, you get to sit in a in a seat and oh, no. pay it, attention. It would, it'd be a wild house. It's this. I watch the video sometimes because they're the funniest things to watch. But VR world is literally a bad fever dream. Like, because the possibilities are endless. So you have people with the weirdest avatars doing the weirdest thing. Like you might see some draft guy walk around and be like. Yo, fuck you, dude. His neck just grows. Like, just random bullshit like that. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, there definitely would be hackers like that. Yeah, there that is. There's like a, a lot of people like that. And I remember when that Ugandan Knuckles meme was going around. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Really? No. Oh, man. I 
felt like that one was everywhere. Ugandan knuckle meme? Yeah. So there's, you know, Knuckles, right? From Sonic. Oh, okay. Sure. So there's a meme going around where Knuckles would speak in a Ugandan accent and he'd be like, do you know the way? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the way? Let me tell you the way, my brother. <laughs> like, just, it was ridiculous. And it became such a big meme that it got into the VR world because naturally a lot of that crowd's younger. So, you know, it's culture. They like kind of bring all that into it. And people were running around VR chat as the Ugandan Knuckles character and it created like mobs of them. And they would just harass people with like, uh, like tins or twins <laughs> would just run around. They'd go up to everyone and be like, do you know the way? Do you know the way? Do you know the way? Oh, no. <laughs> what are you running? Just <laughs> What is wrong with people? It's like ridiculous <laughs> stuff like that, you know? What a colossal waste of time. It's, it's like the funniest <laughs> thing to watch just because of how ridiculous it can be. But it's also the most wholesome thing to watch because of how human it could be, mm. obviously. Like I've seen videos of people in VR chat and a guy would just be talking to someone and they sit down. It would be like a little kid or a dude and they just start talking about life. And then, you know, mm. it gets onto like that deep human emotional level. It's almost like <laughs> even like, though the person like you're staring therapy. at yeah, is literally just a giant pigeon or something. That's what this is, by the way. This, this is just virtual therapy <laughs> virtual and therapy. socialization. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's, it's really cool. I would definitely look it up. It's a really mind-blowing thing to watch. Just knowing that it's out there and that how is this going to get further because it is. It's like a Black Mirror episode. Because if we have this now, imagine when we reach the point where it's like the Black Mirror episode where you just put a little chip on your head, boop, and now well, you're in like a video game. Like yeah. That's the video game, you know? I mean, that might even be, well, I don't think that's how Neuralink is going to work. But mm-hmm. have you seen anything about that? Heard about it. Don't know too much about it. I don't know too much about it either. I just know that it's like, that's basically the All I know is that essentially deal. Elon Musk says that we're going to be able to communicate without communicating with words. Oh, that's weird. If you both have the whatever Neuralink is in your So like a telecommunication telecommunication kind of deal then, huh? Right, like telekinesis is which wait, well that that's like making things float. So I'm wrong. Or bending, right? Yeah, Um, it is. Telepathy. I think like twins have. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. That'd be really cool. Something like that. Oh man, that'd be a scary thing too, because like imagine how the elite would use something like that. Well, they won't know? like it. Oh, they want it to be destroyed no, because won't. they're they're lying. And yeah. you, you'd be able to know every, yeah. everybody's thoughts. Like imagine a military unit all hooked up on that. They would be the most deadly force to the people that don't have that technology or the countries. Like, right. They wouldn't even have to communicate. They could be like 100 feet away from you and you're in a war zone. So it's so loud. Anyways, they'd be like, yo, fucking, you know, Rodriguez, go move over here or something. Like they're just always like, one organic unit rather than individuals, which makes that combat efficiency just like skyrocket. Well, that would be if it's used properly (laughs) and somehow implemented in a well-executed fashion, Mm -hmm. this would actually be what we were talking about is having everybody sit down and have that podcast one-on-one with each other, because then you would know exactly everybody's intentions and there would, there would, you, we wouldn't be looking for the truth. We would just be looking right at it. Mm-hmm. And everything, hopefully, well, there would be a mass exodus and probably execution of people oh, who yeah. felt, however they felt, the the radicals on every on every which way and yeah. above. Um, and then things might just kind of come to a nice little simmer. Yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be very... Well, It'd be terrible. It would, until things get good, but...
No, that would be a really cool thing to see, you know. Yeah. I've always thought about stuff like that. Like, I'm huge into the whole sci-fi type of, you know, stuff, TV, art, I guess. And uh, I loved Black Mirror. Me like, too. There's some really, really fucked up dark episodes, which were just like, I tried so hard to understand what the point was, but I don't think there was a point. Mm. And then there were some that I was just like, dude, that is the coolest concept I've never thought about. Like, can you imagine if we had that? Or, I, the, or the complete opposite. Could you imagine if we had that? <laughs> like, yeah. In a bad way. The one that caught me was the, uh, I don't know if it was from the first season or what, but the the uh, the one where they're they're riding the bikes to gain coins and mm-hmm. currency like that. And then the I think one, I remember that one where they... Uh, their eyes record oh, everything. The bike one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. But and then the one with the eyes where they record oh, everything. Yeah, the, that was the one with the baby, right? I don't remember. I all I know is there was somebody like cheating on it. somebody, and they replayed that memory, and then they. I went think there was two with the eye and they thing. took it out. I remember and that they one deleted too, that part and reinserted some new memory, and that's all that they could see. And then somebody, I think, had their entire memory erased, hmm. and they just had to restart. And yeah. It's like, yeah, no, it's Hi, that's the craziest part too. Is just knowing how true that is because um, one episode that stuck out to me a lot just because of how real it was, was the one where the world basically became governed by Facebook in the Black Mirror universe. Do you mm-hmm. remember that one? Mm-mm. I only saw the a few, I, uh, the ones that I was telling. Yeah, no, that one's really good because uh, they create like this rating system, right? And it's basically like an app on a phone is what governs all of it. Mm. And if you're a shitty person or you're rude and someone could rate you as like boom now you get one star which affects your overall rate and average and if your average is low enough it the, the thing that makes the system so dangerous is that it controls that whole society in the show i don't remember if it's just be america or some other country just whatever you know the fictional place it was in the show but and it's crazy because like the whole point of that episode was showing like how dangerous something like that would be because the lady has like a bad moment where I don't remember exactly. I think she like cusses someone out or something like, uh, you know, like rush like hour Karen traffic kind of deal. Karen yeah, exactly. In the gas station. Yeah. But she's a really good person. So her rating is high. But because mm. of that and it gets like recorded, she gets a bunch of bad ratings. And because of that, her rating goes down so much that she's now like a social outcast because it's the system governs everything. Like if you have a low rating, you can't like buy certain properties you know uh, ooh, or have ooh, certain jobs and like stuff like that that's so the red tape it just like destroys now. her com- yeah. her life completely she was like some like really nice fancy lady you know good life a lot of income like high rise apartment it, type of deal does it give her any kind of perspective that now she's I in this new not, bracket not really the whole no it, it did no it definitely did but like her whole perspective from that fall was just like she just didn't give a fuck anymore. At the end, she was just like, fuck you, fuck mm. you. And everyone was like, beep, beep, beep. She's like, I don't give a fuck. And she right. like got locked in jail. Interesting. <laughs> huh. That's, I mean, that's a lot of people's like reality, you know? It really is. Like that's what that's that. That's the cancel culture made well, government. Cancel culture too, <laughs> but, but like people who are upset about any kind of social unrest and, unju- mm-hmm. and injustice, yeah. like. That's their reality too, and that's why they're screaming. And yeah. the people that aren't living that, they're they're just living a different life entirely. And so yeah. there's a big, just giant disconnect there. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. But You'd have some reallocation reallocation of some points, or maybe virtually virtual reality would help people 
live those lives and have that. That could be Ooh, an interesting. There's actually an episode just about that. Oh, really? Uh, you said you only seen a couple, right? Uh, yeah, just the ones that I mentioned. Yeah, you should definitely make it your mission to watch all of them. There's a lot of really good ones in there. But um, in one of them, there's an old lady who has some sort of terminal illness. I think it might be cancer. And they have the VR technology where it's like the chip on the head deal. Like you just boop and you're in it to where the point of it's like it's so technologically advanced. Like the VR is your new reality. Once mm. it's on, you're in it. It becomes your world. Like it's really there. like you could touch and feel everything like that hardcore of VR. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the whole point of the episode was that they were using it to change the lives of people who needed that change. Like she was terminally ill. So without that, she was just sick in a hospital bed laying there. But that VR gave her the chance to go into a world and like what she would do with it. She went to like this bar and she would just party and eventually she met some girl there. That I think it became her lover or might have been a past lover. I don't remember. But the whole point of it was just showing how the VR was used to help those who would need it the most. Like because without it, she would just been some old terminally ill dying lady. But now she's in this world you know just living up her life before she dies mm. oh that's just getting to experience love Very you know all over again because her, her person the thing doesn't look like her the terminally ill old right. lady looks like hers her young beautiful self right well that's the matrix isn't it i didn't even actually see the matrix either but that kind makes of. me think like they're just asleep in a pod yeah so the matrix is uh got a very honestly I love that series. I've watched them all. I need to do it. I don't think I re really ever fully understood the message because at the time I was just, I liked it because it was like, oh, cool action. But I never really right. thought about, because I know there's supposed to be some really deep message in it. I yeah, never thought apparently. about what it was. I know one of it was like the enslavement of technology kind of message. Mm -hmm. Cause, I mean, that was easy to me that obvious because the whole point of the Matrix was the people were locked up in these pod-like things yeah. that the machines, because it was the war between the machines, put them in. And the matrix was what they were feeding them. Like, that's mm. what they were living. So they didn't know they were enslaved in those little pods. Mm. Why? I don't know. If it was, like, to reduce the suffering or if they are like, harvesting something from them. That part I don't remember. But mm. that was the whole gist. It was the machine versus people were. The machines had them in these pods. Once they're in the pods, they connect to the matrix. So they have no idea they're slaves. or just living life like nothing ever happened, you know? Yeah. I need to watch those movies. Yeah, they're good. Because that was the whole point of it, too. Cause some people that were in the Matrix knew about the Matrix, and that's what made them different. Because that's the whole point of the red pill, blue pill, is a lot of people in the Matrix didn't know they were in the Matrix. They didn't know what true reality was or that they were just these enslaved people in these pods being fed this enslaved lie. Enslaved doing was like, what? What were they even doing? That's the thing I don't remember is oh. why they were in there. I don't know if it was to reduce suffering of the people, if they were captured and being fed that lie because they're being harvested for something. I just know that they were there. Oh, I just thought that the machines were machines and people didn't exist anymore. No, uh, everyone in the Matrix was real. There was the people in the pods, and the Matrix was the illusion the machines fed the people. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the agent, Mr. Smith, knew what the Matrix was because I remember there's a scene. I don't think Mr. Smith was the character, it was a different character who's explaining to Neo that, you know, the Matrix, like, why should we care? While we're here, we're gods, we're kings, we have control to do whatever we want. But what oh, made that guy no. different was he was the one that knew he was in the Matrix. And I think the whole point of his character was he was enticed to be put into the Matrix to, like, work for the machines, even though he was human. So because of that, they gave him, like, the developer's, you know, prompt script where he, like, changed whatever he wanted and kind of, like, 
live like a king because yeah. he wasn't being fed. Like, well, I'm just an office worker. Like, that's, he knew. Oh, no. That's when you said we're gods, that made me feel strange because I was like, oh, no, that's <laughs> that's what I believe now. It's like it's uh, almost simulation. Well, not, not necessarily the simulation part, but the let me just turn this little thing off. The idea that we were all our own God and that mm-hmm. all of our own choices, <laughs> like we all like not to like whatever you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Believe whatever you want. All yeah. I'm saying is that I seem to believe that I, it just sounds, it sounds bad. It just, it will offend people. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't like offending people, but I really you believe that you, you're, out, you're, you're your know. own God yeah. a lot of the time. And the choices that you make are all predicated on, things that you know that you need to do and when yeah. it, whenever you accomplish it you deserve that that recognition whether you get like recognition for it or not like yeah. you you should feel like you did that so that you can build up your personal self-confidence and yeah it's just more like, of a keep doing journey it. of the self kind of deal yeah sure yeah no that's nothing that i mean but like maybe, that's like the but maybe that's wrong. question you know like the problem with bringing up religion is how sensitive people are to it. Yeah. And it's such an itchy topic, kind of like how politics is now, because the whole point of religion or the lack of religion, because even the lack of religion is still an ideology. Like, not every atheist is really an atheist. Some, like, prescribe to a form of atheism that's more of an ideology, kind of like what you have, you know? Possibly. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Which, that, that's the entire thing, is I'm not sure. That's just a matter of the perspective, you know? But it's like trying to talk about it with some people is impossible because even if you tell them who you are and what you believe, they might take that offensively because of what you believe. Sure. Even if you don't Absolutely. talk to them in a... Derog- is it derogatory the word? I don't know, like a derogatory e- manner. Or even just a con- even if you don't con- talk confrontational down to manner. them, yeah. just because of you explaining your beliefs to them, it might oppose their beliefs, and they take that offensively. You don't sure. even have to just be like, well, this is what I believe, so you're a fucking heretic. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's like the problem. Is like, why can't you just explain what you believe in, and that's it? Like, if you don't agree with someone's opinion, you don't have to view them as hostile. Just, it is what it is. Yeah. The I turned off the timer. There okay. is 17 minutes before it goes off. Uh, before uh, we need to get you you home. Yeah, it's 8:15. Nice. And uh, we've been going for three hours. Damn, three so, hours, huh? So if you wanna, I really felt like it was two. I did not know we've reached that tipping point. <laughs> oh, we we didn't we didn't reach three exactly. It was we, give or take. If, it was around if we hang three. out for another ten minutes. It's mm-hmm. been two hours fifty okay. minutes. So nice, nice. And twenty of those seconds I was blowing my nose. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a break with the camera and whatnot, but yeah. But that was a lot of content. I mean, I feel like the whole time was content worthy. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. wasn't really a lot of like me, what do we want to talk about now, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that needs to get cut, doesn't it? Nope. We're all unfortunate. <laughs> what a fucking nerd I am. <laughs> all right. I, we need to stop this before I completely com- just embarrass myself even further. <laughs> so I'm glad you're alive. No nukes happened. Yeah. Um, five years removed. Welcome back to civility Boom, and being back a- to reality. <laughs>
It's like getting hit by a freight train. <laughs> is it? No, no. I just say that. It, it's really not. It's been a comfortable transition. I have nothing to complain about. It's all been smooth besides Sloan's death. The but issue. that's yeah. unforeseeable. Sure. Shit happens, you know. Absolutely. But as far as my personal life goes, no, nah, it's been good, man, you know, yeah. which I'm really glad for because that's a really common fear that a lot of people in the service have is they're like, oh, no, if I get out, what if my skills aren't marketable? Like, what if I don't adjust? But you figure it out. I mean, I never had the issue like with myself because like I'm just the kind of person where you throw me in a situation, I'm going to figure it out. And if I don't, I'm going to try my damn hardest to figure it out right but a lot of people are just scared to make that jump because they're scared of the uncertainty and for that reason like i know a lot of guys that do that they just re-enlist because they're scared to get out it's like prison but they shouldn't have re-enlisted because they never liked it in the first place them it's just it's their way that they know to survive so they keep mm -hmm. clinging on to that you know right. but a lot of people forget it's like the military only makes up i could be wrong i want to say one percent of the u.s population like all the branches mm. so it's like one thing I would always counsel some of my younger Marines and like just others that like worked around that, you know, kind of like asked me questions. I like looked up to me as someone to, for, you know, guidance, they'd be like, should I get out? And I'm like, do you like the Marine Corps? I'm like, no, get the fuck out, dude. Like, yeah. if you don't like it, don't stay in just because you're afraid of not being successful on the outside. Cause if you look at the percentages, like if 1% of people are in the military, what are the other 99% doing? Not everyone in this country is like dirt poor and just struggling. Like no part of life is the struggle. Like if things just don't go good at first, you just got to keep on moving, dude. And like, I mean, look at it, a lot of our generation. Now, a lot of people are college kids in debt. Some of them got the jobs they wanted. Some of them didn't. You just, you just move on, you know, like you can't let that fear of uncertainty drive you to just stay with what's comfortable. And a lot of people did that, but and now I see their snaps <laughs> and they're like going on deployments and shit and they're miserable. And I'm just saying, well, you probably shouldn't have re-enlisted, dude. Just fucking face the dirty, you know? Get out. Get out yeah. while you can. If you have the option and you hate it. If you have yeah. the option, hate it, do it. But do it. I, I, I appreciate my time in. I don't regret it. And like people I would tell is like, if you don't like it, get out. If you do, stay in, dude. Like the military needs good people, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's a career choice, man. But Well, very well said. <laughs> it's a great way to end the podcast. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you back. It's good to and, be back. Uh, yeah. Glad you didn't. Explode into little tiny shred shreds of <laughs> oh, <laughs> nothing. You didn't become one with the volcano. Yeah. So, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Cool. Let's get your ass home. All right. All right. Jared, you're next. <laughs> Dog. Bye, everybody. <laughs>